welcome to the podcast. Ho, 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 and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas out there. This is the Polarized Podcast. Happy holidays, everybody. Um, I'm glad you're joining us on this very merry episode. Uh, today, we're talking about a Christmas movie in in the spirit of the, of the holidays. Uh, we are today. Hey, I mean, you probably saw it in the episode description, but we're talking about Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Uh, so I would think pretty, uh, you know, pretty important movie for a lot of people our age demo. Um, and rightfully so it's, um, yeah, this whole series is a big deal and we're going to talk about it. Uh, the score here for home alone Two: lost in New York that came out in 1992. Uh, we have a 35 stinky critic score and a 62% audience score. Um, so I think people were, you know, feeling a little bit, you know, they were starting to feel like the cash grabbiness of this, I think. But overall, I think if you talk to most people about it, they're like, oh, I like that one. It's a great sequel. And we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it. It's that's what we do here. So, uh, it's not going to be just me talking though. Um, this is, uh, this is a two hander. If you're, uh, for some insider lingo for anybody out there, uh, it's not just me. I have a co-host. We also like to refer to him as the forever guest. His name is Mr. James Lindsay. Ho, all right. Ho, well, it looks James. like I made all made it all the way to Miami for the holidays. <laughs> uh, looks like uh, I'm gonna have a great family vacation with Cara. We'll, we're gonna. Oh wait, did it, Cara? Did we forget something? Let's all pass. Did the... we? Did we forget something to our on our on our Miami holiday? Brandini. Where's Kevin? Brandini! Where's Kevin? I'm sorry, Brandine. Kevin. I'm all the way in Miami, Florida now. Looks like you're going to have to podcast I'm it in alone. New York. <laughs> well, that's, you know what? Hey, them's the breaks. <laughs> all right, James, well, I'll see you later. <laughs> all right, talk to you later. I'm going to go hang out and watch It's a Wonderful Life in Spanish. <laughs> in Spanish while it's raining outside. Yes. Man, they made Miami look like uh not fun. <laughs> Mission accomplished on they man, the whole family couldn't get out of Miami quick enough. You would have assumed, hey, you know what? They would have had, you know, some little bit of fun, but you know what? They don't deserve it because they keep leaving their goddamn <laughs> kid and brother. Yeah, they're all such jerks to him. That's what they that's what they get. Yeah, that's what they get to to, for him not to be around well, uh, i was gonna ask you brandon would you prefer to be in miami or new york for christmas christmas take me to miami i would like this to, movie didn't yeah. completely work on you it didn't completely work on me because i know the that will it was smith song did though yeah oh you betcha <laughs> you betcha sweet bottom dollar that uh, song worked on my ass um yeah no i would go to miami you know i love the idea i was just listening to the other night i've just been man housing christmas music over at the stables household um and i love me jimmy buffett's christmas island christmas album to death it's my it's i think it might be my favorite it's either in competition it's either buffett or bing <laughs> I'm either Buffett or Bing for for Christmas. Love me no some brown. Uh, a little bit of brown, but no, man, Buffett no and BB, no Beach Boys. I Boys of the Beach. I love, hey, I, you know what? I'm making tough choices uh, when deciding my favorite. You know, it is because I love them all to death. The ones that you've mentioned, it's not like I don't like them. But if I were to, you know, but uh, 
you know. Hey, come on, Brandon. You don't like me, Bing? Come on. (laughs) I love you, Bing. Bing, baby. You're my favorite. Come on, Bing. Who's this Buffett character that you're talking about? Sounds like a fun guy. Let me tell you, Jaime Buffet is a fun guy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Well, um, let's bring our guest in as well. Yeah, let's get. Oh, oh, absolutely. Christmas, ho, ho, ho. It's uh, (laughs) a a real gift, if you will, for this episode. Yes, I I agree. (laughs) She is currently residing underneath a Christmas tree, so you know. it's that time of year (laughs) it's that time of year um very special guest my wife now of this year of uh july christmas it was christmas in july uh (laughs) a one cara Lindsay. yes 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 is that really the truth that you haven't been on since the wedding because the last week so last time you were on was for (laughs) don't don't worry darling right was the uh, ah yeah was the last I thought it was one. Phantom of the Opera. Hmm? Oh. Ooh. I guess I, we, were, yes. we were entwined. We were engaged. Oh, it's oh. Luna. It's oh, a Luna. She Luna. brought Luna into the picture. We got a kitty cat. Yes, you probably heard her during Brandon's intro. She has made her way to the car side her. She loves that when you do that. She secretively <laughs> loves. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's so cute. tell. Right now. And then uh, she starts just vocalizing and being meow, meow, meow. When you meow, go, meow, you, when meow, you go meow, meow, meow. Brandon's kind of the same way. You got to like hold him every once in a while. Or... You do. You do. Or you else I'm going to just shut meow. the fuck up. I, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shut me up, please. <laughs> well, with our special guest, I was wondering if we could bring back a segment that you introduced to the podcast, Brandini, uh, a little what's everyone watching? Oh, I would love that. Oh, and, you know, can we put a little bit of spin on this? I would love to hear maybe kind of something related, like uh, maybe you are watching something to Christmas. So would love to hear your top Christmas movie and, and kind of have that in the mix if possible. Well, maybe one of us should bring up Princess, I guess I am right now, but the Princess Switch saga <laughs> we we recently took part in with our good friend Blarge aka Corey uh, Blarge Senior, uh, we uh, he we yeah, had a birthday yeah. celebration because he is a, kind of a Christmas baby, uh, Christmas Eve baby, and uh, He's Jesus Christ, he is yeah he is he has come again, um, <laughs> and we watched more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, okay, Brandon, hey, calm down there, calm down there. Um, but he introduced us to the Princess Switch trilogy of movies. What'd you guys think of those? I loved it. I'm Cara. Same. Or how did you feel? That's about what it's called, right? Princess switch with Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Switched again. Right. Switched yeah. again. Yeah. What'd you think? Cara? Um, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I, I don't know if I'll rewatch them, but I enjoyed them. By the third. The, so there's a uh, two Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, interesting. And they, Oh, wow. And they switch. Uh, and by the and by the third movie, there's a third Vanessa Hudgens. By the second two, there's an yeah, there's another. That's right, isn't yeah? The third one just goes more into that third third one. But I found it your, entertaining. Uh, I did too. What would you guys say is your favorite out of the out of the bunch? I haven't seen the third one yet. Oh, so. I really right like now, the, number two. Is is my favorite. <sighs> Yeah, that's probably the right answer. There's something about three that 
I was surprised how much I liked because it goes more into the evil, evil oh, Vanessa man. and I'm gives so her a little bit it. more like a, a side of her story a bit. Uh, sure. I feel like a, there's a lot going on and keeping track sometimes in this, in that movie of figuring out, Oh wait, so who switched with who now? Um, but yeah, you're probably, probably right with the second one. It definitely is filmed better than the first. Do you have a take on that Cara? Yeah, I was going to say with each one, the production value just seems to get a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. The first yeah. one was like really bright lighting wise. Mm-hmm. And the second one was kind of dark lighting <laughs> wise. Dark. It was, and I think it, the third one was just right. Uh, like, those are the Goldilocks oh, trilogies. That's exciting to hear because it was aggressive on both ends of the spectrum yeah. between the first and the second, where I think we even joked about it is like the first one was so lit that there was no shadows anywhere no, to everything, be seen. Everything in everything the whole was room. Like clear, <laughs> very clear. It's like even things in the background are just lit to shit. Um, and then the second one got so goddamn dark. Yeah. It was so dark. It's by like candlelight. Was, you could barely see some stuff. And oh uh, yeah, it was filmed by candlelight. So it's exciting to hear that the third one is like the Goldilocks of the bunch. It where is. The lighting finally hits a strikes a balance that makes it seem a little bit more natural, all <laughs> in all. <laughs> I to say the third one was probably my favorite, just because you go on this journey and I feel like the third one, you, it just felt like there was more depth to it. Like yeah. there was a backstory mm. about this character, um, and a little more heart, mm-hmm. a little more heart, um, and yeah, it was it was kind of entertaining. Like there's oh. always something going on. Yeah, I, I like it's very melodramatic. I'm surprised how much I like people, Vanessa. Me too, man. I really like her as well because it's such like overacting that's yes. really de- like delicious. It works like, so well, know. yeah. Like it very, kinda, yeah. I think Sam <laughs> Sam Corey said very Corella Deville and yeah, very much. Yes. Yeah. It's funny to think that she makes a meal out of that character and yum yum yum. I'm down to have that meal because it's like she is acting with every fiber of her being it seems like on that character like there's just little like she just uh i love her whole body is is that person yeah Mm -hmm. her walks she is Uh, giving it it all i love that i love that yeah i mean i'm so down and like it's funny okay so that like to distill that concept is really interesting to see it applied to movies in other in another regard which is like Overall, and we're kind of speaking to this, but like kind of bad, what you would say, quote unquote, bad movies, right? Like there's a lot of things wrong with it. A lot of, um, you know, it's it's not well made, but it's always like you, at least I would, I'm surmising is like you lean towards the positive if you feel like everybody's trying really hard. Even if they're failing miserably, it, like to see people try hard is really wonderful and really like you can kind of buy into it more easily. Like, you know what? Even though this is <laughs> not well made, I am I will give the movie a benefit of the doubt because I feel like people are like giving their all and really going into it. And it's always so funny when people try to make up like purposely make a bad movie and then miss that like core concept where people who are trying to make a bad movie make it very ridiculous and plotting but they don't like 
they don't focus on actually a lot of it has to do with the heart and the like tenacity that people have at the base level of the characters. And so, yeah, like it's that, that is enjoyable about that series. And something I latched onto it is, is I'm into watching Vanessa Hudgens play these three characters at a point and yeah, really try act in her butt off. <laughs> and, and I, and I commend her for it. She knew what she was signing up for and she committed to that. And I have to say that is admirable. It is. It was was a lot. It was a lot of Vanessa. (laughs) It is. It's a lot. So, (laughs) Carl, what what would you say your favorite Christmas movie is? You can give me maybe two or three that you really like and we can kind of just go that route. Because I know and people ask me this all the time and i don't know i I kind of always feel bad asking other people but you know when people are like what is your favorite this right it's a tough question yeah so don't feel so it can be tough so don't feel so inclined that you have to pick the penultimate but if you want to pick throw out some like what you really love out there we can talk about that and i'd be excited to hear i don't i can can give you some time some I mean, yeah. why don't you, you start? Know, so, yeah, a couple like How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim yeah, Carrey. That's a great one. Yeah. I, that I might be mine. Yeah, it's entered into the pantheon of just really like Christmas movies I'm always excited to revisit. You know, you never watch them outside of Christmas, but when Christmas comes around, you're like, man, yeah, I kind of get to, I, I get, I have a great reason to watch this movie. And uh, yeah, uh, not- How the Grinch Stole Christmas this one and then also the santa claus the first one i Dude, really you're just listing it. off my yeah all my classics <laughs> big fan of the santa i weirdly am it's not weird because most people i guess growing our age are like secretively have a tim allen obsession and i kind of do there's a lot of tim allen performances that i'm really into you know i like it because he reminds me now at this point in my life so much of my dad his like comedy and sensibilities and I feel like my dad's comedy was also just informed by Tim Allen because he was a stand-up. Like, you know, my dad would have said, like, Tim Allen as a stand-up is probably, like, a notable thing of, like, oh, this guy's, you know, really funny converting into movie stardom. And um, the Santa Claus is cool. I like it a lot. My dad likes that one, I think, too, could because of Tim Allen and there's enough of him in it. I I'm, I'm, wouldn't be surprised if he's in, like, every scene almost that... Mm-hmm dads can sit down and enjoy a nice family family feature as well like you know he fucks up dinner and has to take him to like denny's or whatever at the beginning like all that good stuff and i yeah that that one and grinch are some of my most watched i'd say and also uh like the claymation movies i have a real fondness for like rudolph the red nose reindeer and island of misfit toys and um sure um, yeah whatever all the all those movies with like mickey rooney snowman introducing a lot of them and all that so all the, all those sets of movies are just really like hit hit me in a in that sweet spot for for christmas and a charlie brown sort of way too mm. how do you do you guys love uh muppet christmas carol because i'm a huge fan of that as well always good always good. i watched that a lot growing up me too was, man me yeah. too it was it was my go-to movie when I was sick as like probably between yeah. the ages of like five and seven. 
maybe I want to say like if I because the whole thing I don't know about you guys but if I was sick from school I wasn't allowed to like play video games or do anything like that I you know wanted to do Mm. it was like you're sick you have to be sick and so that means like sleeping drinking water and like (laughs) you can watch a movie you know Mm -hmm. and I always was down for even and this you know mind you like six season core like corresponds with christmas but it's it's a movie that i would i in my life have watched plenty of times outside of christmas (laughs) yeah i those that fit that bill are an interesting bunch too because i just i watched love actually earlier this year love that outside of christmas i watched um the holiday before christmas like way before christmas stop let's talk holiday which we've had on done on this pod and oh yeah was i maybe i, I was, you were a part of that maybe i was a part of that were you a part of that oh my god maybe maybe yeah is this deja vu oh is my this god holiday vu we don't even know um, our own lore i know right we need a stenographer no we need what, what do we need we need a cataloger they actually have the auto-generate transcripts on on every i've been i auto-generate transcripts to every episode so there's a transcript we have a stenographer mm. technically Anyways. Wow. What a time to be alive. Isn't it? We can, it is. You we, know what? Someone could react out our whole podcast. Oh, please do it and send us the video. It we would, would love that. So interesting. So out of the movies that we talked about, Kara, which one do you would stand out? Yeah, not even your favorite, even oh, out of the ones that I, we mentioned. I love all the ones you mentioned. Muppets Christmas Carol. I rewatched that somewhat recently. Yeah, we did, and, we did that one recently. Um, so good. It was very nostalgic, but it's not something that I'm like mm-hmm. wanting to rewatch again. And I, and I'm so, I, I don't know if other people feel this way, but it wasn't until recently that I started rewatching things. James knows this about me, but I have a hard time rewatching things. Like, Oh, you're one of those. I don't think yeah. I knew that. I have a couple friends that are like that. And it's, it's such a weird it's, concept to me. Yeah. Like, so where, yeah. You're like, no, I saw it. Okay. I got it. Like that's, like, there it is <laughs> every once in a while i'll be like oh i feel like watching something nostalgic but um i i think maybe as i get older i'm more into like rewatching things but so when you asked about the christmas movie thing every year i like to find a new christmas movie to watch um cool. so i can name a couple things i've watched because it's like it still has that same feeling of like christmas movies it's just sure. with a new story or like something where i can be surprised like i just don't want to know how it ends Uh, so i like that excitement of being like oh i don't know what's gonna happen and like i might cry here because i don't know what's gonna happen or yeah yeah. so i mean recently i watched the uh last christmas um with Mm. forget her name but she's from Uh, game of thrones amelia clark yeah um and it's a paul movie right yeah and then Emma Thompson too wrote it, and she's also in it as well. Oh um, my god! Wow! And it's she based, wrote it. Incredible. She wrote it. Yeah. Cool. That's incredible. I she's think also yeah. like nominated maybe one for like Sense and Sensibility or something, which she also I think wrote. And yeah. Starred in. Um, I think she's a very decorated actress, right? Yeah, decorated and, write, and writer too. Yeah, it's so. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, she's just been doing. She's been yeah acting and writing and being in yeah. plays and stuff. Yeah, like she's got a lot of ornaments were, on her. She's very decorated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh yeah like tgi fridays <laughs> there's a lot uh, of flair <laughs> a lot of flair 
That's amazing. I love that sensibility, though, because, yeah. I haven't seen it. But every year for you, it could, you know, it, yeah, you're welcoming something new. Uh, Yeah, and I, I still do, like, watch, like, Christmas movies over again. But like, I won't watch like The Grinch every year. I watched it. I rewatched it like maybe a couple years ago. So I don't feel the need to rewatch it until sure. like a couple years later. A couple years. Yeah, no, fair. No, totally fair. Yeah. That one, how, do, how do you that, that one definitely is like the one of the most rewatchable for me. Of like, yeah. Because every Christmas you look at the list, you're like, oh, yeah, they I've seen these all of these so many times like Christmas Vacation and. I've seen Christmas Vacation the most. The Santa for sure. The Santa Claus, whatever it it may be. So being able to go through the motions a bit while having a little Christmas eggnog or working on a puzzle or something like those, like having them in the background is always. I don't know. Yeah, it's so so nice. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Like wallpaper, and it's like another part, like a fire or something too. Um, What were you going to ask? Well, now I want to ask: Have you guys had eggnog this year? Because I just recently went through a carton. Um, nice. myself, and uh, I was uh at the grocery store earlier today and was totally sold out of it. Wow, <laughs> it's, is there a specific where... brand you buy, or no, not necessarily a brand on, if <laughs> you will, <laughs> brand on's eggnog, <laughs> brand on's eggnog. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> Look out for that next Christmas. <laughs> Brandon's uh, eggnog. This year I got the coconut milk eggnog and I oh, put it I in my that. coffee in the morning. I so love eggnog pretty, with coffee. Pretty tasty. Yeah. Oh, coffee creamer is the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good as a coffee creamer. My God. Such a good move. It just reminds you oh. a little bit that it's Christmas. You with each sip, you're just like, ooh, there's a little <laughs> Each little sip. <laughs> and we oh. try to make like some cocktails with, with the eggnog as well, which Mine didn't go super well, but yours, yours is pretty, you just put it with some brandy, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's classic, classic way to do it. Um, but that's, I mean, I'm currently drinking a cider. That's, that feels festive as well. In my mind. It feels festive. Nice. Speaking of festive. Yeah. So you're not really (laughs) home, but you're alone. Alone. In a big city. In a big city. Alone twice. in In a crowded room. Let's talk about this movie. Yeah, let's Poor get Kev. into Home Alone. Poor Kevin, man. History with this movie. Can I start? I'll just start. Oh, uh, yeah. Because this was a real classic for me. Like, we've been having all this buildup of discussions about Christmas movies. And this one fits absolutely, like, within all the pantheon we just discussed. Like, this is right there next to the Grinch and the Santa Claus for me. Because this one, I... Well, I've seen more than the first one because we had this one on VHS growing up and I just watched it. I'm pretty sure outside of Christmas as well, because I would love to see his hijinks uh, and him fucking with Marvin Harry uh, and in that big, big house warehouse setting. <laughs> and then he just would go out in the big city as well. Um, but this one really means a lot to me and, and has been rewatched many times by me. There's something about the combination of Christopher Columbus and John Williams. I, and we were joking about it, watching it together. I mean, John Hughes, you mean? Yeah. John Hughes, the Hughes of, uh, of the John varietal as well, but the Williams, (laughs) the Williams, 
the Williams too. Fuck, I I don't think I knew that Williams was the score on this. That makes the, sense. The score but... is going off in this. I kept on just turning the car <laughs> and being like, this this music is just like ripping right now, and it just. <laughs> it, it would elevate every single scene so much. And it was, it, I think it was already, you know, a, a fun holiday movie, but there would be, you know, a little bit of action going on screen, but the music would just be ripping between like different parts of the orchestra. Like, okay, violins. Okay. A little bit of the percussion. Okay. Some, mm. Oh, some creepy mm. little oboe. Like, I don't know. It would just jump around so much. And it was so whimsical some of it felt like a star Wars battle. Like some of it felt like some Jurassic, Jurassic park and some, I don't know. There was other, other parts like Indiana Jones or something. And that's just the magic of, of that man as, Oh, Harry Potter was the one, I, the main one I was going to bring up because of the Christopher Columbus comparison and, and having that uh, combination of things during Christmas time was just a real, real cozy feeling. Uh, in a sonic sort of auditory olfactory sort of way that uh, mm. I just globbed onto in a sense memory sort of thing too. For, as a child, I think just uh, I could I could go on and on. Um, but I'm jumping around a lot. I think I think sound is a good place to to start for me and just the history of um, being more familiar with this one than the first one. And then as I grew older, I would go back to the first one a lot and kind of make those connections of like, Oh, the M on his hand. I remember that now oh, I get in. Uh, but yeah, you guys uh, go ahead before I just ramble too much. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if this, I, I have a strong sense that this wasn't as played as much as you, uh, as in your household, uh -huh. but I do remember the first one being, uh, something we had on VHS. Um, yeah, so the so coming to this movie, I don't know if I had as strong of affinity that I th most people that I've talked to about it have with this movie, but it's not like I hadn't seen it or wasn't aware of it because I think overall this this franchise is enormous and is such an important movie franchise realistically it's so interesting to do this in close proximity to uh macaulay Culkin just got his walk of fame star um yeah. uh in hollywood and just to hear like Catherine o'hara talk about him and just watch this movie again and having recently watched the first one um man it really watching this one in particular again just made me like kind of go man as a kid i'm feeling this inside of me man i really like the fact that he's able to eat all this ice cream you <laughs> know trick all of these adults and <laughs> spend all this money like i even to even as an adult now when he gets into the limo oh my with god a, with a cheese pizza when they open that, coke that and, and oh, i was like shit. oh my god god that's cool oh, <laughs> and so yeah i yeah i would just preface that i it wasn't this movie wasn't the biggest for me but it's not like i didn't have a association with the first one in this franchise how about you cara where are you at with it oh um yeah i thought i had seen the second one a lot more than i yeah, I just realized I hadn't seen it as much as I thought I did. Same. So, yeah. like, things were coming back to me, but then I was also experiencing things, like, as if it was new again. So, 
Yeah, I can't remember. I must have watched the first one more than the second one, but I thought it was the other way around. Mm, um, I know but, you have a connection yeah. with the uh, a strong connection with the third one. And I don't even remember what happens in the third one or if I've ever or seen the third with, one. Uh, the main character. Yeah, I went to school with the little boy from Home Alone 3. Oh, um, Max Keeble. <laughs> yeah, Max Keeble. Um, That's fine. Yeah. That's so I've so been fun. meaning to rewatch that one. I remember enjoying oh. that one a lot too, as a as a little stinker kid that would love movies oh. like that one. And I watched Dennis the Menace a lot growing up, and oh, just yeah, just I loved that one. With a instant checks in. Oh, uh, Richie sure. Rich. Blank check. Isn't oh yeah, I mean check? yeah, Richie Richie Rich for sure. <laughs> Richie Rich. Uh, but yeah, like, all of these movies of where kids checks. get. <laughs> kids get uh, uh, an adult's credit card or just know, a, lo- right? a lot of money. Man, it is thrilling as a child to see that. You know, you're like, card? God, the, the possibilities. It just made me think What's of it? like watching back in the day, the uh, Toys R Us like uh, cart run or whatever, hap- oh, whatever it was called, whoa. where it was a, just a whole show where you had a certain amount of time and the, you got everything that you put in your in your cart. And I forgot about uh, that. Well. I just I always remember like, well, if I was on that show, I'd just go right to the video game section <laughs> and just get everything because it's like, you know, really expensive and it's really what I want. <laughs> and you know, and it's the same goes for Blank Check too. That um, movie where, yeah, you just get like video games, pizza, candy, soda, uh, go karts, water slides, like limo it, driver as like a father figure. <laughs> it just reminds me of like that's what the nineties mm-hmm. was Makes like. Sense. You know, we had like it was totally. just like bye, bye bye buy all this stuff get pe- like even the ninja turtles had like pizza you know like it was such like a 90s thing they were to so have. commercialized absolutely yeah and like, like a lot of product like, placement a lot, a lot of, of like, product placement ninja yeah. turtles would have a meal at taco bell or like you know that kind of yeah, stuff all the yeah promotional stuff for sure or just like yeah. saturday saturday morning cartoons and all the mm. toy commercials and, like you gotta get the slime or you gotta get you know oh yeah gi joe or something i just play-doh yeah like that was the 90s to me is like just buy all these things it's buy, really buy, buy, is buy. it weird to say it's like kind of like the height of mo- the monoculture before things get into the internet I, and, start, and start to get uh, afraid a, a, a bit i know that point's mm. probably been over made a lot but it, it, in my mm. mind with with all of that kind of consumerism hitting ahead and in that sort of way we're all kind of a, a, aware of the same things and and moving towards a place where things are much more based on your demo as, as you would say, Brandon. <laughs> uh-huh, yes. As an advertiser. Yes, you would. Um, no, that's so interesting of a point to bring up though. That because, was actually yeah, how I, I that's how I viewed the movie when we were watching it. Um, I don't know why I had the, that like lens on, but the whole time I was like, they're like promoting the Plaza hotel. They're promoting like, the visa credit card like they're showing mm-hmm. it they're mm-hmm. he's drinking coca-cola and like yeah. donald trump is in it and like just it was such just like i don't know like they glamorized like having a lot of money and like spending a lot of money on toys and limousines and just yeah that's kind of that how i view for sure yeah and it was interesting too that there is also this weird undercurrent that the uncle 
is a cheapskate and he's taking advantage of the dad to go on this trip. So there's also that element at play about culture at that point where we're starting to see uh, like a, a separation between classes where, you know, I, th- I think it's pretty apparent as well in Christmas uh, vacation, but also a part of our childhood is that there are dads that are able to buy stuff and dads that aren't and having that be part of the, mm-hmm. the conversation as well. And how do movies view that? And it's really interesting that this movie views people who don't have the means as cheapskates and moochers and kind of shitty people. Because it, it blew scary. me scary. Because <laughs> it really blew my mind that the uncle was so like cavalier about laughing at his nephews, like fuck with each other on the stage. Like, and the and the uncle was like kind of fuck fuck kevin he sucks that whole crowd and just just jumped on board with me <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely i Look i know i'm jumping child. a little bit ahead but you know to kind no, of not get really the plot this, is, of it. this is near the beginning yeah, yeah absolutely i so cara the the hotel you could win a trip to stay there by playing ding dang dong oh yeah <laughs> What a dumb name for a different, but it's like, that's also, how he learns I, about it too, is through an advertisement. Yeah. For through, through an advertisement commercial. for a celebrity ding, dang, dong. <laughs> I wonder how that game's played. The, the, the setup here is familiar. It's similar to the first one. A lot of the beats of this movie, very similar for sure. Have, have, have those callbacks, but I don't know. It just, it, it, it works on me still at this moment. It's directed well and it has the the whimsical nature of the of the score and everything too. You're familiar with the roles a bit of Buzz and and Kevin. It's the holidays again. They make it an annual trip. Uh, yeah, his dad. I don't know, man, with that house and taking annual trips like this, like he he must do something interesting. Um, and they have the whole Absolutely. the John fa- Heard? the what's that? John Heard, the dad, ah. pretty famous actor. Well, yeah. Him and uh, Catherine O'Hara together is is a is a excellent combo. The family uh-huh. dynamic is played really well, thanks to I think yeah all the John Hughes and Chris Chris Columbus of it all. And uh, yeah, the Chris Columbus of it all for sure. There is a, okay. it, it, he is so interesting as a filmmaker where he operates in this like weird humor and kid mm-hmm. family humor at the same time. Yeah. I was constantly like people are dot like getting like maimed and then it's like and christmas <laughs> like wow like this the sensibility of this movie or the ethos of it is so fucking bizarre it almost sounded me. like you're gonna start singing the tom petty christmas song which i had forgotten about until watching this again and i realized that i also really like that song i uh, like that song it's yeah. christmas all over again sorry you gotta hear me sing but no it's okay if we could <laughs> if we could uh i don't know if you guys we'll watch this video watch this video but i posted a video that is in the movie that is also i'm gonna make a activity for us so we can watch it together but this is really at the core what i'm talking about with the absolute bizarroness of this movie where Okay, are you guys in the activity? We're going to mm-hmm. do 
Everybody in? Yep. James? Getting there, sorry. It's okay. So this is the movie that plays within the movie. Mm-hmm. And this is a... So in the original movie, there was angels with filthy souls. And now this is angels with even filthier souls. <laughs> and this is in the movie. And I, my jaw was on the floor watching this because I couldn't believe the content that it is like what it is, what it's about, you know, what, what is shown uh, in it. Y'all set. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why I'm having such a hard time. Is it just the link right here? Uh, no, in the activity, I, I made an activity. I don't know why I can't get into this activity right now. If you hover over, okay, 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 okay. These dang activities. Okay, I think I'm here. I'm here. Let's do it. Hold it right there. It's me, Johnny. I knew it was you. I could smell you getting off the elevator. You was here last night, too, wasn't you? I was singing at the Blue Monkey last night. You was here. And you were smooching with my brother. That's a dirty lie, Johnny. Don't give me that. You've been smooching with everybody. Snuffy, Al, Leo, Little Mo with the gimpy leg, Cheeks, Bony Bob, Cliff. <laughs> I could go on forever, baby. You got me all wrong. Go for on forever, right, baby. baby. I believe you. But my Tommy gun don't. <laughs> You're the only duck in my pond. Get down on your brand knees new song. and tell me you love You're the only duck in my baby, pond. I'm over the moon for you. You gotta do better than that. If my love was an ocean, Lindy'd have to take two airplanes to get across it. <laughs> Lindy. Did they call him that? Maybe I'm off my hinges, but I believe you. That's why I'm going to let you go. I'm going to give you to the count of three to get your lousy, lying, low-down, four-flushing carcass out my door. One. Two. Three. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> and a happy new year. Cold-blooded. Insane. <laughs> insane. Pretty much one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so they shot that for this movie? Is that how is that what happened? I they had to have, because yeah, like there's the same guy is in the first uh -huh. one. So here here's the issue, right? So he mows down a woman with a Tommy gun crazy in a family movie. That's insane. Uh, first and foremost, but then also too, like, so I get the playback from the first movie because then Kevin uses the sound bites to like prank people. Right. Uh -huh. He like records it, you know, and I he does that, that with, he does that with, you know, with what I just showed you in the movie with Tim Curry, who I could, Hopefully we talk an hour and a half about. Um, Get but your hands off my sesame cake. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> he, it just, yeah, he's another guy who just. Bony Bob. Every fiber of his being, Tim Curry, just breeze acting. Um, 
And okay. So in the first movie, it's a play on like, you know, kind of that Humphrey Bogart where, uh, Chinatown asks, uh, in the first one, a guy comes into, you know, seemingly him as a detective or no, he's like, it's really crazy. Still. He just killed the mob boss and now is taking over is actually the what's happening there. But it's a, it's a man and another man. This is a woman and a man. And all it is, is him chastising the shit out of her and then murdering her. She cheated. She cheated on him with, with the, his brother, Tommy. I saw you together. I just, I can't. Bony Bob I, yeah. and Cliff, all the men that she's, <laughs> she's, she's had, had sex with. I'm not saying she deserved it, but he's upset and he lists all the names <laughs> as to why. And this is a long list and there's a lot of funny names. <laughs> it's a lot of like, yeah, silly shit. And, but yeah, I just, I can't get over the fact that uh, that exists in the movie because again, it is a clip from a movie where a man kills a woman for, it's obviously trying to show that he's going to watch a very crass R rated movie on his opportunity to be alone in, in, uh, and have a TV to himself. But that movie that he chooses seems to be a movie that his father would choose as a, an 11 year old boy. <laughs> Cause it just seems so far back. It almost seems yeah. like he, he should be watching a seventies movie. Uh, like, of course he should, you know, there's a lot of crazy fucked up, you know, video nasties that, that occurred since, uh, before 1992. Uh, right. But, he would have been, but there's yeah. something that's so funny and classic about it. He's an old soul. It is, yeah. it, it is saying that. And he is an old soul. Kara, you know what? That is an I excellent point. You, ah, you nailed it because he is an old soul. The way that he handles, uh, a lot of the issues in this movie is really funny how adult he is about it. Where such an like, adult and a murderer <laughs> and a murderer. Yeah. So and a murderer. Well, but they're murderers. It's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's well-deserved, I guess. Um, but yeah, it is funny to think about that as him being an old soul where like he goes into the, um, into the pool area and he's like, does anybody mind if I work on my cannonball? <laughs> <laughs> what a little gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> what a little, and then he loses his trunks, which I knew was going to happen because his Those trunks were trunks. too big. Too big. They were, they were way too big. It was either that or they, <laughs> they were going to act as like a life vest or something. And he was just going to pull them up and keep them afloat. Oh my God. It, he looked like how a cartoon is drawn where there's this little boy and these very large swim trunks. And you're just like, you're going to, yeah, you're going to lose. He's a those. gentleman by day, a stinker by night. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, you a, know, that sounds like we, a, a Brandini's tagline as well. Yeah. It's an old soul by day and an ice cream. <laughs> Muncher by night. <laughs> oh, munching I, on that ice cream. I love how he he's like three scoops, please. I'm not driving. Speaking of old soul, that line got me this time. <laughs> I kind of was like, I yeah, was rolled was over when up. he said that he's like, <laughs> I'm not driving. <laughs> he's like, seriously, dude. Like, yeah. Come on. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I was going to just, just show this one other scene where I, I feel like he really, 
really we don't have to watch all of it but i feel oh, like yeah. he really oh like i really an, want to talk about this an old, this old is soul. yeah but then also is the I most stilted performance it. ever Keep it past me, it's like he's not even in the same room as her before i wasn't part of their city she's just giving yeah, it her all that's what i've got with my family i barely understand what you're saying everybody wants to be seen and i guess so i've seen and heard pretty much you know what's crazy is three years before this that woman was in my left foot i wasn't always like this oh she's great she had some some real weight to the performance. I mean, but it's definitely filling that role from the first movie of the snow snow uh, shovel guy. No, he'd like the murderer next door, right? Yeah, he's just weird looking, according to Kevin. So he's just judging, mm-hmm. and then he finds yeah. out he's like, I forget exactly. It's been a while since I'd seen it, but he's like estranged from his son. Yeah. Somewhere. Uh-huh. yeah, I ran yeah. away from it. He's just like a single white guy by himself, so they just assume that he was a oh, serial nice. murderer. He's got but like realistically, he's just like a, a lonely man. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like he was freaking out about everyone in the park, like just because well, they were rightfully homeless. So. Well, no, rightfully so. I have words about that because it kind of speaks to a lot of this movie where oftentimes I'm like, these adults are treating this kid very poorly, and I just don't think that this would ever happen in reality. Like, especially the woman who is kind of famous. I can't remember her name, but she's the like ticket person. Not ticket, but like um like the customer service person at in New York when he arrives. And she's just so like bothered and annoyed. the bird woman? not the bird no, the um like the when when he's tr- when he has this very old manish like oh boy like he kind of has to like walk away from her like i'm in a pickle but he goes once he gets off the plane he goes and talks to this customer service representative and she just is like annoyed as shit with him uh-huh. and i remember that. it it's this thing where i was so fl- like confused why so many the adults kind of treat this kid like man what a stinker and a bother i couldn't be yeah like couldn't care less seems to be like a state of like nine-year-old adults are aloof and just disregard a young person a child in a lot of ways and then there's a lot of moments of triumphant like kids rule in this movie at least like sure. two where like there's a moment I remember being a child at this at this time, maybe not 92, but a little bit past this where Nickelodeon was just a lot of like kids rule parents. Drool. Oh, yeah. Drool. And I was just oh, talking about sure. like how like kids just rule. parents don't get it. Yeah. And, parents just don't fucking get it, man. And they just they're, buy this. <laughs> and they're, they're their best. And they and Kevin is has a moment has a few moments of just kicking ass and being yeah, uh, the coolest kid ever. Um, so smart. Yeah. And a sticker. Uh, yeah. So adults in this movie. Number oh. one. And I would love, I love, I would have loved to be him at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of stuff at the beginning as well. We got, yeah, we talked about the plane and the, his, his performance. I think buzz gives a great performance as well. in his, uh, you know, brief scenes where he, 
what does he call mm -hmm. him in the in the great apology and a trout sniffer a trout sniffer it's it's excellent uh Kieran is uh, also great and very cute, yeah, the and he's got, he's got the big glasses. Mm. Um, and now he's on Succession. <laughs> I know I've been he's watching become, a lot of Succession a huge lately. So it's, it's been fun seeing the, the OG stinker and uh, OG stinks in his prime. See, he he learns a lot from um, the OG stinker. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Frank, Uncle Frank. <laughs> uh, yes, oh. and also uh, Papa Logan, Roy uh and the switcheroo in in the uh airport i think is done well i like that they call out like mm -hmm. it's not going to happen the same way again um yeah, and, and then makes up funny feeling again yeah and I just, they just they dress exactly the same and they're in a rush and everything just plays out in the domino sort of effect that that sort of feeling of being in a rush and a lot with a large group of people where you're leaving late to the airport and having mm -hmm. to keep everything in line. I don't know. I, I relate with that more and more too. And so I, I, but I gotta down. say, I gotta say though, man, uh, maybe kind of a hot take, but if you are consistently forgetting your yeah. own children, <laughs> you have too many kids. You have yeah. too many kids. It's too much going I'm on. I'm sorry. Here. I know this is weird to tell somebody, you, do you this know, every year. don't have to, don't have kids or whatever but like if you are at the point that you've had so many kids that you're just forgetting one <laughs> i know yeah it's really kind of a yeah i mean it, if i forgot something the first time i would triple check the second time you know what i mean and i think Catherine o'hara was about to and the dad was like don't worry don't worry sure. you got it like everything it was cool. kind of on him too because he was with kevin yeah. last like he, yeah and he, i'm like he's like mm. i gave him my bag like he should have at least been a little bit more concerned with with that because uh, yeah, he was like running ahead, but he was also behind. He's got to make sure everyone in the crew is accounted for, and uh, he I, fucked up. I was gonna yeah. say, Catherine O'Hara, trust your motherly instincts. Yeah, absolutely. But I, you know, now as <laughs> yeah. I get older, I can sympathize a little bit about the dad just being like being that part in the relationship where. You're worrying mm -hmm. too much. We're supposed to have mm -hmm. fun. We're on vacation. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's to his de detriment where he's, you know, assuming things are going to be okay. He's pretty aloof as well. I don't know. A lot, a lot of aloof adults. Aloof adults. Too. <laughs> Do. Mm -hmm. Lost in New York. But, th but them Lost together, like talking to aloof the. Aloof in New York. Getting a, aloof <laughs> in New York. Getting interrogated <laughs> and like knocking on wood or whatever like like let's not forget we don't lose like hope we don't lose him again and all that stuff i that's just i don't know Catherine o'hare is hilarious in in moments like that uh and her then, hairstyle though man it just kind of drives me a little nuts i i was looking at pictures of people uh you know just fashion at this period in time. oh fashion fashion and Dun -dun. it's disgusting it's ugly it makes me mad how drained of color and personality but then has personality in shitty ways and her hair is i don't know there's iconic. something about it it's iconic no it's it is kind of iconic I guess, <laughs> but, but like um yeah everybody i don't know the way that people were back the, back in the 19 early 90s man oh it's just it's too much fabric it's it's too gray it's too brown it's a bunch of things i don't like <laughs> it's a 
character for sure at that time. And I think at least how she's done up seems to be accurate for that time. And yeah. uh, it really brings me back. But I would like to hear Kara's opinion on her. Uh, yeah. What do you think of like her wardrobe uh, as well? Because I know that you are familiar in that, it's such in a that mom world of war- like wardrobe. It's very, it's very mom. Like, yeah. Late moms are kind of cool now, right? Yeah. Moms I, dress cooler, don't they? I don't know. Yeah. See, it's hard because, like, obviously, I would have liked to I see don't... her Miami wear if it were sunny. Oh, yeah. I just, I like it, but I don't, like, I personally wouldn't wear it. I just think that. Was it a shot of her it's... in general? I'm just looking at pictures of her just to kind of get a vibe yeah. of it, but it there's something cozy about it because it is so nostalgic. Like I feel like my mom's hair wasn't like that, but like it was short, so it kind of reminds me of like yeah, like I a agree. '90s mom vibe. It's just um, I get blown I, back I guess a lot, the, like with the, the the gel. The thing that I'm I'm thinking about <laughs> is is like so so this is her in this movie. But then this is her in the first movie, and this is like substantially better. Like even yeah. just going, you know, from like it just going into the nineties, it just got like worse and worse. <laughs> Cause like her style in the first movie is cool. I dig it. It makes sense. And then you see this, and there's just something like, oh, it's so Yeah, I don't know. It's don't so know what- I don't know how to describe it. Like there were these choices made in the nineties that suck. And we, to look back on it, you're like, Ooh, man, like you went in the wrong direction. Just society at large did, you know? And I think there's been a course correction now, but yeah, like between the two pictures I showed you, you know, I don't know. The first one seems so timeless and makes sense. And it's cool, even though it's, it, it's these Browns and prints, but then, in, then once you start getting into the early mid nineties, it just kind of gets like. I'm also is, wondering like if, what, if she was working on anything at that time that this made her right like have Beetlejuice. Beetle, Beetlejuice. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. I was just about to say, see. No, Beetlejuice was 1988. So. Oh, wow. Okay. But Beetlejuice, so, mind you, is like, uh, it is funny to think about. Oh, I'm glad you brought that like up. Christopher Guest thinking, stuff or something. You know, oh, right. But what influence Beetlejuice had for better or for worse almost, you know, because in Beetlejuice, she did have more of this, the hair we saw in mm-hmm. this movie. But that it was, was like because, an 80s, like, uh, right. It was, the, it was the 80s vibe. It's I think edgy. I'm going to adopt the Catherine O'Hara. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think that's going to be my haircut now. I think I'm going to go uh, as soon as so I you're can. Gonna, you're going to, half of your head is going to get starched and pushed mm. back. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have like a little down bob in the back. Yeah. And then you have an Elvis top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a good look. Yeah. Instead of just doing uh, what you could literally between these two pictures, I'm serious. Like you could wear the first one or the second one today and no one would think twice no nah, i'm gonna you go were... with home alone to Catherine hair look that's an insane look <laughs> excuse me baba give me the Catherine <laughs> o'hara in home alone 2 lost in new york city thank you i'm sure you get this every right. 
every day. Uh, wow, Most that's days. how you speak to your barber. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um oh, so when okay, he gets about, when he gets into the hotel, about. you get to meet the the Tim, Tim Curry, Curry, the the Rob Schneider, the future president. Speaking uh, of hair, Rob Schneider. Okay. <laughs> I think his hairstyle I think he waves. went for that hairstyle waves to add all over height to him because of him being such a short man because and also too i like it reminded me of this weird thing that happened in the early 90s where men in particular got really into like bossa nova like uh, hit, Zutsu uh Ryan. rockabilly culture like that was a thing you know uh-huh. think a la swingers where guys were you know doing oh, El- yeah. elvis uh with these pool shirt or like type shirt not pool necessarily the pool water but the pool stick and balls (laughs) uh-huh you know what i mean and it's weird that that was the like polo that, Uh that was the vibe um rob schneider okay rob schneider tim curry rob schneider not bad I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I love them. I love them. Yeah. I love the hotel. I love uh, all the scenes in the hotel. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially Tim Curry. He's like a genius, especially when the, I don't know all the, when he comes up, confronts him about why you were they upset about the stolen credit cards. <laughs> that yes. was tr- his performance was true commitment. I, like, yeah. That that is, it I, is. It's great. Yeah. It's really it's magical. Everything and it's when, everything. Yeah, I agree. Well, it just fits everything that the movie needs. And when the wet slash sticky bandits are starting to rear their faces by this point, too, I think he's an excellent antagonist that also has a heart too, because he like gets slapped and cries later. <laughs> Uh-huh. there's like some depth and he has to like say i love you and has to deal with like an, a threat in the hotel and everything like he really goes through a lot in this movie but he's also extremely like uh vain or like just egotistical and like just is looking out for himself and wants to like move further along because he's so hell-bent like right when kevin walks into the room by himself he clocks him immediately and understands mm-hmm. exactly what's going on in his right. mind and uh, he's just that good at his job He's very, he knows something's up, he, but then he He's takes it aware. too far because then he goes into the hotel room, peeks into the bathroom, sees a clown man that is a shadow to him <laughs> with the voice of Uncle Frank. Uh, hey, you get out of here. I'm going to. And then uh, has to has to run out. And he just he for him to take all that on. Is the, what did he say? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> is the perfect. Get out of here, you little pervert. To take all oh, that can on. Oh, can we? Can we talk about what Uncle Frank had said to him uh, prior that I thought was really funny because the dad laughed and the mom laughed where Kevin is on the bed when, you know, prior to the recording of it, but like right before it. And he's like, oh, something's in the in the bathroom. And he's like, I can't go into the bathroom because Uncle Frank's in the shower. And Uncle Frank told me never to go into the bathroom because if I did, then he'll. Oh yeah, and I'll feel like less of a man. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> something to that effect, and you were just like, "Wow," because he had to go get, get the towel or something like that. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget the exact line, but it was essentially to that effect. Uh, uh, yeah. Frank is quite the character yes. and really hits the uncle uh, part well. Of it, it, I mean, not even aloof, but just cantankerous. Uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. Um, cantankerous uncle character. Yeah, He's everyone fills their, kids, right? fills their role well, like the, the neurotic staff manager and, and all that stuff the greedy you know bellboy and and the bird lady mm-hmm. uh the and the future president and then you get the limo driver who is just like oh you gotta go to duncan's that's where you gotta go for the best toys uh and that pizza that oh. he opens has steam just rise steam. out of it oh it's the most perfect pizza you could ever imagine the most perfect pour of coke he watches the grinch you feel and like then as the a, transition from the Grinch to Tim Curry's face. Uh, oh, that's with great. the light going on. Oh, oh, oh chef's kiss. Chef's great kiss. editing. It's beginning to look a lot like <laughs> Okay, so there's this whole subreddit about this, but the Smashing. signage for for Duncan's toys drives me crazy too. So I subscribe to this uh, subreddit that's like signs done wrong. Essentially, is what it is. Because the signage for Duncan's toys is fucked off where it's Duncan's and then it's toy chest. But the way that the sign looks is it's toy is on the on one side and chest is on the other. So it looks like toy Duncan's chest. Uh, and it drives me nuts when I see something like that because it, it it's all fe- like on the same line essentially but the implication is is because the text for duncan's is larger than toy chest you're supposed to read it as duncan's toy chest Mm. but it really looks like toy duncan's chest and i cannot Mm. stand it (laughs) have to take a look at it we should do something about it Mm -hmm. chest let's let's boycott toy duncan chest we should throw a rock through their window and then to speak on Duncan, I had shared in the uh, general as well, a wonderful photo of Duncan himself next to uh, our mm-hmm. former president, uh, Ronald Reagan, because they were in movies together in the um, like mid 50s. Oh, six, <laughs> six degrees of of uh, this guy and in, in, uh, president. So, so in the general, there's just a lovely photo of them on the set of a beach type movie and it's uh i can't remember the actress's name in the left side but then it's yeah uh ronald reagan and mr duncan himself cheesing it up cheesing louising it up it is not in the chat but i believe you general chat it is not there but that's okay how is it oh it's at 11 40 a.m never mind um Oh, up above. I thought you just posted it now. Oh, oh sorry. I was wondering what that photo was. I was like, oh, look at these. Look at these people. No, Mr. Duncan himself is third third on there. I see. That's him as a young man. Yeah, he's got that uh, kind of a scrunched face, not to be mean or anything, but it's a little. Scrunched face and a sharp nose. He almost yeah, looks like no. Peregrine Took. <laughs> Full of a Took. Uh, and so a famous actor from that time. I looked into his other movies. He was also in films with Gene Kelly. And uh, yeah, pretty famous actor. And, uh, you know, Kevin getting taken to the toy store, obviously super fun. But then the adultness of Kevin comes out where 
he is so into this idea of Duncan giving back to children without means and is down to support that. And uh, Mr. Duncan picks up on that and gives him the turtle dove, which Kevin then learns about the real meaning of turtle dove. It isn't just something sung in a song, but it also has a meaning of if you were to give a turtle dove, then you are friends is, is what I got that to mean is like keep one for yourself and give one to someone very special so that, yeah, like, you know, you always have that, have that bond essentially. Right. Yeah. I love Which that. I, yeah, I, I love that uh, whole sentiment. How, how that story comes about. Cause yeah, just, Oh, I give you something. Oh, let me give you something back. Oh, well you picked, I suggest this because, and then he's like, Oh, you get two. That's, that's really great. And it's like, Oh, the reason you get two is because you Absolutely. yourself get to give one as well. And during the time of the season of, of giving, it's really a special thing that you get to, give something that that person also gets to pass yeah. along as well. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think I, I also, yeah, it just gets me more and more hits me more and more as, as I watch this movie is the whole turtle dove sen sentiment and him choosing uh, the pigeon lady is, is something that uh, yeah, just hit, hits me in a nice spot where Kevin understands who needs it most in, in his yeah. in his life too, and maybe there's Absolutely. people like his mom that obviously will mean more to him and his life and everything. But he understands uh, the the need of it all and the children's hospital sentiment, which is set up in this scene. Um, I think is driven home pretty well. well where he like has it's that has well. that moment yeah. where he's walking and he sees goes to the children's That's hospital. Later. Yeah, he sees the child in the window waves and then he's like i'm gonna fuck shit up tonight <laughs> and then he decides that he's gonna go back and set up all those traps and really fuck them over and like go back at them with a vengeance this isn't about defense this is about offense and he brings the fight to them um yeah like, i and also to speak to the credit of the movie is that it not only is a character developing situation for Kevin, but it also works for setting up the basic plot, which yep. the, um, which the sticky boys now sticky bandits, uh, sticky bandits are going to rob the toy store because no one, you know, would think to rob a toy store on Christmas. Yeah, they're sitting at the ice rink. He's stealing all these, uh, all this outerwear from people as they skate by, which I just love. Uh, physical comedy. Uh, was it Daniel Stern? And it is all, all of the stuff that he's giving always just hits as a grown man, as myself, and also as a child when I would watch this movie, is just seeing a very tall, gangly dude acting like a silly, silly, silly guy. Uh, yeah, and he and, and also some of my my favorite humor in, in this movie also seeing yeah just kevin act like a grown man and give psychoanalyzing pigeon lady uh, was was pretty great <laughs> i mean it's it, just like my skateboard story <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know what it's like to be the black i sheep. know what it's like <laughs> that sort of reminds me of being the youngest in the family of being ostracized by society i get it <laughs> Daniel Stern in this movie is really wonderful and juxtaposed to Pesci 
like Daniel Stern is here to play and is having a time. Mm-hmm. I don't you hate know, Pesci, he, but I know what you mean where he's, yeah, he's a little checked out, but just the mere fact that he showed up at, at least his, his face is, <laughs> is a lot. And a lot of the stuff, you know, with all the, uh, traps and everything is, is stunt work by another person uh, in certain scenes. But, uh, I, I don't know for me, he gets, he gets the job done and I, and I never really noticed in until more recent viewings, but it's never been enough for me to ruin the, ruin the performance, but. I, yeah it I also kind mean. of like it's it's a stretch but it kind of works for his character where he's like oh mm-hmm. we have to go through this again like oh i'm a little like annoyed that we have to do this again with this kid but the, it, yeah but i just it's like why you know like you just escaped out of jail so then your first thing is to do this you know that is a far-fetched thing that is just movie shit that and Magic. it's it's just to Why? to bring to bring the sticky bandits together with him again is such a stretch and there's nothing really to reconcile that and i like it but if that's going to be the make or break for you if you like this movie or not i also contend that that's a silly thing to really hinge it on but i also understand that it is far-fetched and fucking crazy that like they walk out of a uh of a building they don't even see his face they see the back of him and Marv immediately recognizes like, Hey, check it out. And they grab him before even looking at him in the face. Um, later on. Yeah. But, uh, on that scene, he just fucking screams (laughs) and it's just like a guttural scream and he runs away, grabs the pearls first trap done. Got him. Um, and then running away in like the carriage after the stolen credit cards thing and having to be alone in the park and being alone in New York city at night is like the second half of this movie starts to get into like, Oh, he's got a, he's not living in the the high life of the hotel. He's not going to be able to, to get home so easily. Uh, and New York right. at night is a little scary. Um, very scary. <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah. And then pigeon lady saves him and, and we go through all that, which I think is pretty, wholesome and i you know again is filling fulfilling the beats that has been set up in the first one and her role is is that same uh dude's role in the first one essentially uh but she fills it well and uh to is, jump to jump into like the the home alone segment of it i i guess there's like a segment of this movie that does the home mm-hmm. alone of it all it does yeah absolutely um <sighs> So what house is that? It's so, it's like they're his uncle and uncles and they're in and they're in France. It's, they're out of town. Yeah, there's, looks like maybe they're doing some housework because <laughs> there's a hole. Yeah, they, first yeah they, they were like, I thought it was getting renovated. And yeah. Uh, yeah, there was that line about it. Um, crazy how there is a situation in all of the very fun home alone of it all where they do you know go to langsby for you know the sticky bandits to be like we're not gonna fall into this trap again and we have a lot of those moments Mm -hmm. um but something that's really new and surprising for this one is uh yeah we theoretically like go into a fake like magical universe because 
Daniel Stern gets electrocuted to where he becomes a skeleton. <laughs> so funny. So, so what's that it. about? <laughs> Come on. Like, what's that about? Because we just went from That's like Ace Ventura humor. This I don't movie know. to then now we're, you know, skeleton people. You would see you that know? in Ace Ventura. That would be an Ace Ventura sort of. That's that's yeah. my that's my excuse. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially with how he's screaming and everything, like this. Is- Even the mouth is of the skeletons. <laughs> it's so good. It's so. <laughs> or I was thinking, uh, it made me want to watch Rocket Man again with uh, Harvey uh, Harvey Quinn. Is is that his name? Uh, uh no, close. I'm it's uh, Harley Quinn. Harvey. Yeah, it's Harvey. Har- no, Harley. Oh, Harley. 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 Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Rocket yes. Man, I don't know. He's so funny and and kind of so Daniel Cernish and does and it's just hijinks in space that whole movie. Uh and his stuff in this segment of it is very difficult physical comedy in my mind to pull off and have be funny and not ruminate as much on the true violence of it all, which I think we'll find out a lot of critics have issues with how violent some of this stuff was and how, how visceral it ended up being and the, and how they felt like they had to amp certain things up in this movie and mm-hmm. they chose to do it in, in that sort of violence. way yeah, and violence uh, and America, American cinema oh is really, really good at that. But uh, I was feeling <laughs> over, feeling over laughing at the brick thing i don't i was like dying dude it was so funny I, that's so funny to hear you say that because when i saw that i was like wait a minute he'd be fucking dead right i know now. That's like, what... he would be in the hospital are you kidding me if it's you, so, caught, a, if you so caught a brick brutal. in the head from somebody that's like i don't know eight flight like eight stories high or whatever <laughs> You'd be dead. You'd be he gets, fucking dead. He gets not three. He gets four. I counted. And it was so funny to me that I was like dying because it's the rule of threes. And it's just like, oh, yeah. amp it up, hit hit him on the third, and then move, right. move on. Move on. But then there's a fourth where it's just like, come on. <laughs> like at that point, it just gets to be He's just funny got like again. this blood. Yeah. Oh. And then it just Man. goes through true brutality. There's there's fire that he so- That's what was stressing me out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's a it's, it's a part of this movie. Out. I feel like it's not as stretched out, but it is consolidated and uh, dense in its violence in in this segment. I another funny part was for me was him putting his head in the toilet and then seeing the outside jump cut of the house like wow. blowing up essentially. Yeah, just oh was God. such intense beyond like like you're saying brandon like magical or fantastical <laughs> so so much so that it was just so so insane that you just couldn't even like weekend at bernie's two sort of stuff for for me harlan but, williams uh, by the way okay cool harland william okay um and that that just sort of i don't know that i like sequels a lot and that was another silly stupid sequel that amped things up in a funny way uh, speaking of silly stupid i mean the way that it also ends with them getting covered in varnish they really are the sticky bandits am i right <laughs> they are the stickiest of bandits yeah, you they're covered in varnish and all that and green then, goop he really I, used that so, green goop to his advantage there's a lot of that in that canister 
you know what too another of this like magical realism shit is that they get the is it a piano like something falls like i can't remember what that it is. is the sound of a tool shed rolling down tool shed. <laughs> yeah tool shed. And yeah, or do he see, he's like, it's the sound of a tool. A tool that, that got me for some reason. It was just like. And they have, the, I think they both have the, prosthetic noses. Right. Too. The fact that they get hit with it. And then there's this whole like thing of them being like, I got to like pull my nose out and correct <laughs> it and change my face. Cause we just got smushed, you know, yeah. it, is this magical realism that is so wacky. I think they needed to do that to balance out like how brutal everything is. Yep. Like you have to remember it's a kid's movie, so they have to kind of like make it cartoony-ish yep. so that way kids aren't terrified. Because I like I said, I was I'm an adult. I was stressed out. It's <laughs> like these guys are like going no, through it. Sure. <laughs> Oh so my the, god! The for John sure. Williams works really well too for it all. But I yeah. think, the, the, but that's the, that's like the argument against it that I would make is is that you didn't need that brutality in it. It's like yeah, yeah, you know, you don't need to go that far. Like again, I'm like still at this point reeling from the fact that he watched a movie where a woman got mowed down by a Tommy gun. Like there's just this there's this kind of seedy underbelly of this movie that really caught me off guard left and right where just like with some of the Tim Curry stuff too of them going into the room, getting tricked on, which is funny because adults getting fucking bamboozled is funny. But then the implication is, is that they go into a room and then realize that the tenant is shooting at them is really crazy because then they come out of it and tim curry's like there's a crazy you know tenant who's shooting us and it's like that's oh man it's really wild to me that there's like this especially okay let me try to succinctly put like why this upsets me is so a kid getting left by his parents is pretty upsetting to begin with right and then also in this movie, it's happening for the second time. So in my mind, I'm just, again, like, man, you guys have too many kids if you're fucking leaving one of them. And there's this weird kind of consequence that hangs over this movie in my mind where you left a child and he has to fend for himself. Fun. He's fending for himself. But then there's always these kind of weird interjections of darkness, you know, be it you know, him, uh, yeah. Like people dying essentially, you know, with, uh, getting electrocuted or getting smushed or also too, I would pair this with the heaviness of the pigeon lady and her plight in life, which I honestly really enjoyed. I was like, Oh, this is really interesting and fun that this kid has to do with it. He um, poo poos it away a little bit, but I know he poo poos it. Pr- yeah. He poo poos it away, but nonetheless, he's like it's, it's, it, it's, he's a child. I get it. Um, but ultimately I'm like, it is such a, like John Hughes and Christopher Columbus thing where they have this whole like zip between funny light family humor and really fucked up dark humor. And it's because it's men in their forties making children's movies and they're 
their sensibility is kind of that. It's like, we know how to write a kid's movie because we were kids and we're great writers, but we're also really like, think it's funny when people get maimed and potentially murdered and stuff. And it's just, it's a weird concoction that exists in this film. It's fair. That at yeah. times I'm just like, Really, I, I, I think more so than the first one, because of the fact that this is the like happening again, like you've mm-hmm. kind of fucked this up again, that there's this whole air about it where you're like, I'm really frustrated and mad at the parents and the adults in this movie. And maybe that's kind of how I should feel, but it feels very weird to think about how. um Uncaring unsympathetic lack of tenderness that I would want a little bit more of when it comes to the plight of a child that this movie kind of disregards at times and just goes like, Oh yeah. You Mm. know, could you imagine if he killed like legitimately killed one of these guys and then he had to deal with that? Yeah. He is like bricks and each one he is (laughs) laughing his ass off on that roof with, with each consecutive brick. He's like, he's I'm a, nine years old true, and I, ki- I killed two guys. And he was picking yeah. up those bricks like they weighed like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which they probably did. Yeah. But, they probably uh, did. <laughs> actually, like, that's what I was trying to say. Like, the upsetting part for me was like when he like stumbles upon all those people in Central Park and like they're all scary. And and it's like, I get it. Like, you're Ain't much child, better you're than lost, you, kid. You're but like, that's what I was trying to say earlier about like, they glamorize like having money and having things and having a credit card, having like access to things mm. and like buying things. And then the people that don't have that are terrifying. Mm-hmm. People like taxi drivers are terrifying. Why are they terrifying? They're just trying to make a living and they're, they look that's such an astute observation. That, Cara. I that's, agree. That's the part that was upsetting for me is like, I agree. It's almost like the movie hates those people. Yeah, that's that's exactly what (laughs) I felt. That was like the view of what I had of the movie was like, it's cool to be Donald Trump and exactly to to have money and to be white and like, and I know that's such like a weird way to watch a kid's movie. But of course, that was also the time, you know, like, that was the time. So, um. Totally. And that, that, that kind of goes to my thing about like sometimes why it's hard for me to watch older movies is because mm-hmm. I am more aware of certain things now. So I can't help but turn that lens off. Like I, I, I view things differently now. So as a 100%. kid, I didn't notice that stuff. But now it's like it was just like eerie and cringy to me that like he was terrified of all these people that they didn't seem like horrible people other than that they were dirty and like hey, they didn't uh, look I don't know they were clean. 100% one of my notes is is was would hookers really like give a lost kid shit no I don't think so no I don't think so either it really like I was clutching my pearls a little bit being like if I like sex work is real work and even though they've had a tough go at life, like I would like to believe that even if you're working the streets on Christmas Eve or whatever, you wouldn't see a nine-year-old boy and be like, 
<laughs> kind of fuck with them. Kind of just yeah. like give them shit about being outside. Like, hey, kid, what are you doing out here? You know? Yeah. You should be inside. Or, you know, it's like, I don't know. And I, I get what they're trying to do. Like, from Kevin's perspective, it's scary because he's in a new totally. city and mm. he's never seen this kind of stuff before. So it's just different. But like, I just feel like, yeah, that scene, it was just kind yeah. of necessary, honestly. Like, it is because <laughs> I, I think a better artistic approach, if I were to rewrite this, is like all of the people that he experienced at night that after he's left the hotel and stuff would say things that are helpful to him, but him as a kid would interpret it as scary, mm. right? Yeah. But what is on the page is like people saying really weird fucked up shit to him. <laughs> and it's like, no, like I, cause I a hundred percent agree with you that as a child, you would be very scared of these mm -hmm. people. Yeah. I get that. Like that, like yeah. that I totally understand, but to have them actually say things that are really like antagonistic, uh, very in unsympathetic is weird to me. Because even like the people that I personally know that are like doing mature things often to make it through their like to make it in life have like a code of conduct where like with kids, you kind of just like, you don't fuck with kids, you know, like at a bare minimum, you're that's not. I, I know that it's tough out there on the streets, but I I just I would like to imagine that if he was lost at night on Christmas Eve, that even the cab driver or the, you know, the sex workers, anybody would be a little bit more like, are you OK? Like and come at it with a little bit more of that. And like yeah, the cab driver comment, like it's not any better in here. Like, what is that's what does that mean? Like, I just yeah. don't even get it. Like, is a cab supposed to be like dirty? Like, I, I don't I don't understand what the what that what they were trying to I genuinely don't know what they were trying to say about that. Like exactly. Cab. Right. Yeah, no, it's I think you've nailed it, is and that's in my mind a big problem with this movie is is that that its view and like perspective on people who don't have money is really fucked up. Yeah. It's really, uh, yeah, not chill. <laughs> Cause I understand <laughs> it, it, it does, it, it does like make up for itself a little bit in this, like we're doing, you know, helping out the, you know, kids and stuff especially too, it even says, which I really loved this line of like, um, you can mess, you can mess with a lot of things, but not kids on Christmas. So then why are all these people messing with kids on <laughs> like a kid on Christmas? Like, I just, I don't know. Like it, it's uneven is how I would describe the sensibility of this movie by and large is yeah, you don't like I. OK, so the line you can mess with a lot of things, you can mess with a lot of things, but not kids on Christmas is in regards to the sticky bandits trying to steal the money from mm -hmm. the toy, like from Duncan's. Right. And. 
great. They are bad guys. Let's paint them as bad guys. Let's, you know, may, uh, explicitly say in the dialogue that they're bad guys and that that's why they should theoretically be maimed, you know, but it is weird and dark at times. And for a kid's movie, man, sometimes I yeah. kind of lose that a little bit. I think bit I did like, feel Ugh. like a little unsettled Ugh. about yeah, like, unsettled. that scene of just like, I know they're trying to like, the whole point of him running into all these people at night is so it like, like, yeah, it's he's scary. running through the park. He's he alone. has nowhere to go. He's alone. That's the big th- point that it's but making like, is, it- is that he's really al- like now that he doesn't have money, he's really by himself because the arc that's happening is putting him in a situation of vulnerability in which the pigeon lady is also like, it's almost the pigeon lady operates in like this a ghost of christmas future Mm -hmm. for him where you know there's this and i'm not saying it does it well for sure but it posits that he is frustrated with his family and like really kind of doesn't like at first enjoys the fact that he's not with them right like that's kind of the jettison of this because in the first part of this movie, I was trying to get over the fact of like, don't you just like want to hunt down how to get back to your family? But no, he like is excited by the fact that he's not with his family anymore. And that's a big part of the first half of this movie is he's like, I don't like my family. Arguably like I get it. They left you like that again. I, it's just, it's such a weird concept to kind of get over at times where you're like, right. Your fucking parents left you in this place. You know, they didn't pay attention to you getting on this and X, Y, and Z. And so he like loves the fact that he's not with them and like relishes in it, spends all of his dad's money, does all of this stuff. And then this arc that he goes on is that once he loses the safety net of the hotel and is just purely alone, he then meets the pigeon lady who is very alone. And then he provides guidance and like, (laughs) like, uh, actually you should do this. I'm a little kid and you're a grown person. And I'm going to tell you how you could be better at your life. And, (laughs) but theoretically, like she is who he will become if he alienates himself more and more from his family, because he doesn't like, you know, buzz making fun of him, his uncle, his mother and dad, you know, father leaving him all of this stuff and him providing all of this, like, Oh, but you need all these friends and stuff. It's, it's so bizarre. Like, (laughs) cause it's not like he has a bunch of friends. He is alone. And then he provides all this sage advice to this grown ass person. And then I don't know. It just, it, again, it speaks to the flaws and the issues that I have with this movie, where it wants to operate in all of these like dark or deep concepts but then doesn't like want to fully commit. And if anything, at times like goes against it and goes like, it's actually not that bad. Guess what? We're actually in this joke reality world where people can get zapped and turn into skeletons and come back or like, you know, whatever. And it, it is so weird of a movie to me, but I don't know. There's a lot that I like about it. 
by and large, I don't know. Like we're getting close to the end of this movie. I mean, how, yeah, I don't know. How do we feel about it? As a Christmas movie, as a movie in general, before we get into uh, how other people feel about it. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie? Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, as far as everything you guys talked about, I think they tried to use the, the pigeon lady as that representation of this other side that Kevin was afraid of and to what effect and how well they did it is I'm sure to whatever, for whatever your opinion is. But in my mind, that's just how they structured it of like, Oh, I got to spend in a night in a scary new town. Everything is scary to me in this, in the vision, in like the eyes of a child. And then he, they kind of just use this pigeon lady to represent the understanding of like the other and like what's, what's scary about a new, a new place. That whole scene with them like talking and everything was really funny how he was just like, just would shut her down on everything, every real life problem that she would have. And he would just be like, Oh, well let me talk about this dumbass kid thing that I'm dealing with and how it relates (laughs) to that and how this is all you got to do. And like, she, she like gives him real life shit that like, she's like, well, I just, I just kind of stopped loving cause I, my heart turned cold and I Mm. went through a lot of hardships. And he's like, well, that seems like kind of a dumb thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) why would you do that why don't do that again yeah don't do that and it it was like some of the sensibilities were childlike as well in Mm -hmm. how the movie itself was trying like the movie language itself and how it was trying to portray those uh, starting to touch into those loftier issues and i think that is like a sign of the 90s too of like oh we can just kind of talk about whatever and uh kind of kind of be edgy and i'm not saying that this is what it's doing but just around that time it was just uh, a, a freeform way of of kind of talking about issues and not having to uh, worry worry about like certain things coming off a certain way maybe and and this movie uh, it's interesting to to see the excess and to see the haves and haves nots be portrayed in in that sort of way and for me I think yeah it just works in that sort of we I think we talked earlier on I, i'm not sure if it was off the pot or not but about nostalgia and everything too and i think this movie works for me in that way and in a lot of ways that i can't even fully understand uh subconsciously but by the end of the movie it really is just like they get a bomb ass hotel room which i assume is just comped because they fucked up so many times yeah they did get it comped i think yeah and, so then, they, dunk and then they get a, yeah they get yeah. a yeah. dunk pays for it I know you paid, you got all the presents. That was fun. Um, but I was just assuming the hotel would just be like, we're so sorry here. Have, have the, have the suite. But they still got to yeah. stay sleeping on that, on the bed and on the floor. But Kieran gets that, that big bed to himself. Little, he wins. And then he, and then he spent $900 on room service. $900 on room service. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you get the turtle dove scene between the two of them. And I think that's really sweet. <laughs> He's able to hear his dad all the way outside of there. Um, yeah, you guys made excellent points and, and, and car, especially in bringing up that whole running through line of, of, a um, more like venomous side of, uh, yeah. kind of side of, of the nineties and, uh, 
just how how people are, are viewing him and in my kind of more naive naive sort of mind i still like to think that there's an element to that where they're really just trying to portray like a childlike sort mm-hmm. of sensibility uh but the yeah. way that he kind of poo-poos away some of the pigeon ladies problems is pretty <laughs> funny to me and, um, and that's yeah, why i didn't want to get anything too... else to say before i move on to like reviews i just didn't want to get too deep into that thought of like the other because i am also aware that this is you know a kid's film like we're not going to get too deep here everything's going to be surface level and we're going to move through things quickly so i didn't want to get too deep into that but it was just something that i was more aware of this time watching or watching it again yeah i mean the taxi guy he just has a scar on his face he's like it ain't much better in here i got a scary face yeah (laughs) but you know like i just try to give it the benefit of the doubt like kevin is scared he's Uh alone he's run out of his safety net like we said and um yeah anything can be scary for him but you know i just yeah mm-hmm. i i'm trying to see it in a in a positive light too and just that this is a kid's movie so i'm not gonna get too into it sure. you know? yeah but it's, it definitely it's like is representative of things of, of the movies mm-hmm. being made of that time and the type of thing that yeah. things that that go and everything and yeah like we talked about Richie. present in like a sequel that's already uh posed to be of excess yeah like we talked about like richie rich was a movie of the 90s like it yeah. was cool Blank to check. own yeah, things and infinite like money have was a big things thing, yeah. and like yeah like just bye 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 and that is just what the 90s was and that's you know we're 90s kids we get that we i was very much like that too where i had to have the latest thing or like the coolest thing and um, i don't believe that at all what me yeah i don't believe that with you no i was such a little brat like i had to have all the things and then just you know as you age you realize um, there are other important things in life. I'm sure I mentioned it but. earlier. I I had the Walkman or not a Walkman. What is it? The Talk Boy, whatever the fucking thing is that. Uh huh. That he has on the airplane. Credit Ooh. card. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Slows it down with a key. This um, is the dad. I, I had one of those, and I'm sure my my parents got so fucking annoyed. The dad, and, Mr. McAllister, and regretted getting me that. And I lost it at one point, but there's a part of me that's convinced that they fucking just grabbed it and threw it off uh, <laughs> the pier or something. Cause I would just probably just like f- speed up and slow down and, and record all these things. Maybe that I shouldn't even be recording and all this stuff. And <laughs> I know this. So is do just you think me- a lot of kids back then like wanted that then? Like whatever. Yeah, I know I did. I was so fucking stoked yeah. on that. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. And I would bring, I would bring it with my friends and stuff, and we'd mess yeah. with it. And now it's just, you know, just download an app and you're good to go. Yeah, like the seeing seeing him have a tape recorder and a Walkman are both very cool. Then again, I can't Voice understand how, how cool it is to get into a limo with a cheese pizza and a Coca-Cola with a TV screen. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> like, I mean, that's just <laughs> every kid's dream back then. Yeah, that no, was you're it. absolutely right. Like that was just the coolest thing. That was the coolest shit. When you don't know like uh, about other cool things, that's the coolest right. thing. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that was like peak. Like I would go and then he's just like, well, obviously I'd go to a, the best candy store in the world or sorry, you toy, know toy, store, toy, toy stores in the world. <laughs> and 
excuse me, Jeeves. Bring me to the finest toy store. And like the toy store really is the best toy store. You can play with all the toys. They make a point of that. And uh, you get to talk to Duncan. That's just a little magical scene yeah. between them too. You Like Duncan himself seems like, seems like Dumbledore magic. Uh, something's going on there. But let me get into some reviews it, here. It also makes me think I'm going to pull this up while we do reviews. I'll interject later. But what is the top holiday toys of 2023 oh that's a good question i cannot say now but i I would almost be curious of 1992 when this movie came out the hottest toys i got them right here hottest toys of this year furby's back get the fuck furby's back furby is back no way furby is now interactive furby essentially has ai sounds like that new chucky movie it's got 600 responses can uh yeah it's got five modes i don't know what that means but kill i love how the on the listing it's hey bestie do they look like this i know they don't but they did (laughs) i it's just (laughs) this is the kind of energy i would love them to have when i'm over and i never get it Look at this. Yeah. I would do the same thing. I would hold, I would just like on my lap. But no. okay, so uh, what, what else we got for 2023 and Mr. Pooperton in 92? It's Barbie, baby. Uh-huh. Oh, of course. It's Barbie, baby. AI Barbie. I want a Barbie. <laughs> Barbie's Dream House, a 75 plus pieces dream house. 130 bucks. Based on the movie. Look at this. I mean, this seems kind of I'm going to I'm going to post it in the chat. This the perspective seems very weird. Doesn't this girl seem like she would be taller? Uh, Because I don't know. Something's going on here with the uh, perspective. But OK, I'm going to post it in the general coming up right now. I got Barbie's notoriously it. seven five or something. <laughs> It posted. Oh, why does her top half look bigger than her bottom half? <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. Something's going on here. Interesting. She looks like she's should be way taller. Yeah, that little girl looks like the perspective looks like her bottom half is five feet behind her. Gar, are you seeing this? Wait, I'm so confused. Can you explain that again? The top half general. looks bigger than her bottom half. Like she's got like tiny feet like, and a big head. Like, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was trying to say, but yeah, in a yeah. polite way. Are you yeah. saying she has a big head? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I feel we like are. There's something with the portioning of the I don't know how they photoshopped the house to look or I don't know. Could it be I don't know. Do, it, do, it you, do you not wait? So, Kari, you don't immediately get this sense because James. No, I do. Got, but got like, onto what I was th- saying is like weirdly, it looks like she is too small. Like her no, legs no, no. are smaller than her top half. I completely agree with this you, but I'm also wondering if it's also the hair that's doing that. It is that too. Do you think it's the hair? Because like, if her hair was just in a ponytail, like. Uh, like a low ponytail, would it make a difference? It would make a difference. A Her hair bit. looks so voluptuous, like as like kind of like adult like. Look how big that Barbie house is. 
Okay, let's let's move on from the okay. visual element of just going through minute detail of uh, visual. Speaking image. of Barbie, one last thing: just last night watched uh, on Max. You can watch uh, Barbie the movie with director's commentary. Oh, perfect! And I and I watched uh, watched it last night with the Greta Gerwig's commentary. Everybody, go do that. She seems like a wonderful person. She seems like such a smart, cool person that made an amazing movie. She's got married uh, to Noah. Bomb bang. They oh, just yeah. got married? I think so. No, they've been wow. married for no, I think look, they just got like, married. Just got married? Okay. Then they've had a kid for a minute. Um Noah Bombag has made some interesting movies. I was just trying to explain this to Danny the other day uh about Noah Bombag. He made this movie called Squid and the Whale. Mm-hmm. That's a cool movie that talks a lot about like this class system is, is very, very a big deal in that movie because uh, especially there's a whole thing about the kid wanting to be as smart as his dad. And his dad is like very like a holish like intellectual. And there's that whole part of the movie of like his kid trying and wanting to be as smart as his dad wants him to be. Um, and it's very interesting. It, yeah. Do you have any oh, toys from 92 or shall we move on to <laughs> reviews? Sorry, toys from 92. My bad. Okay. <laughs> Before we get too into squid in the whale. <laughs> I think we're two hours Jeez, in or so. We? I don't know. Oh, damn it. I thought we were doing good on time. Never mind. Maybe um, not. Uh, something like that. Top toys of what? We're doing top toys of uh, 92 or I can move right on to reviews. <laughs> no, let's do. I want to see the top toys of 92. Top toys. Okay. I bet it Barbie Dreamhouse is in there as well. Maybe Furby Probably. would be a little too early for a Furby. Another shameless plug. I just watched this Hulu documentary that breaks <laughs> up episodes of the nineties. So I was so close. Oh, I it think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it breaks up these trends in the nineties that are like fucked or I'm gonna grab another drink. Up. I'll be right back. What is it called again? I think it's called think like the the, the uh, failings of the 90s or like oh. how the 90s destroyed us or some shit like that. OK, no, I have not seen that. Oh, OK. So there's this whole episode on Beanie Babies. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And it's crazy to think about Beanie Babies where they were a thing like the way that it it. it puts it out it's really great like think about bb beanie baby's influence on ebay and this yeah, whole yeah. and then ebay gets you to like people selling sneakers on fucking on those apps where mm-hmm. like sneaker culture is a whole thing and then you get to like supreme and That's how crazy. they operate it's crazy you're just talking about like so the guy who invented bb beanie babies was like looked at the market of his product and like regulated it and in like inter- interjected scarcity in ways to drive up value mm-hmm. of his own product. Yeah. It's so interesting to Speaking think about Beanie Babies. Did you watch the Beanie Baby movie? No. Oh, with Elizabeth Banks and uh, what's his name? What's his name? No, I don't know. The guy Jenny, from the hangover uh, in between two ferns. Hmm. Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Yeah. That one was pretty interesting. Oh, Shiv from Succession is in it, too. Yep. Dude, another documentary that I would recommend is the it's on Max. It's about this. It's like I am love or like. Mother God. 
Yes. Oh yeah. my God. Yep. I just binged that the other day. So good. I was talking to my mom about it. And I was like, mom, cause she gets, she falls into this shit. Yeah. And I could she, see my fault fa- myself falling into that shit, but I just know like when so much commitment is involved or like this loyalty aspect of things, that's where I would fall off. Like, I just feel like this is too much work. <laughs> the thing that really got me was the drinking the silver. Oh my gosh. It was blue. She turned blue, but that was she like, was such, that was such a huge thing amongst like, I'm sorry, but like mainly chicks that are into like crystals and stuff. I didn't know like, anything about that. I had like, never heard. And, and it's this whole idea that the government is out to get you and like uh, general medicine doesn't know what they're talking about. And they're just influenced by the pharmaceutical industry. And realistically, there's all these other supplements that you should be taking because they're actually better for you. And then they get down this path that they're drinking fucking silver. And then she's turning into a blue person that can't walk. How are we doing over here? Blue. What's going on? <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyways, I walked away for a second. Now we're talking about blue people. What are these, the Smurfs? Is that how the Smurfs came to be? I just, that document. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Are those that the toys of 92? Are Smurfs? The toys of 92. I got I, I got you right here. I got you right here. We're talking Tickle Me Elmo, baby. Oh. Ah. Tickle Me Elmo. Let's go. Okay. Uh, super soakers, also a big yeah. one. Yeah, I wonder what the '92 model looked like. I wonder if there was any XLs in there. Yeah, I remember when I. Girls, I mean, Hot Wheels is still rocking and rolling big time. Barbie's still up in it. Uh, and now we're also introducing X Men action figures and comic book culture Ooh. in the sense of yeah, like really influencing children who have now grown up into baby men who like Marvel <laughs> is really around this time of like X-Men, the TV show buying X-Men stuff. There was uh, no then, uh, Marv and Harry action figures that were really taken off. I would love that. I and then there's that. just, a, and then you, you get uh Harry and he's a got a, ske- a skeleton. Version skeleton of version. Can you get that for me for, <laughs> Christmas in a couple Christmas? days. Uh, where is your Christmas present is coming? It's the uh, most wonderful time of the year. Are we ready for uh, some critic reviews, ladies and gentlemen, lady and gentleman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's a thirty-five percent from the critics. It's a sixty-two percent from the audience. It's uh, pretty divisive. It's a review by Janet Maslin from New York Times. She says, it's much more violent than the first film's comparable set of dirty tricks. And Kevin, removed from his embattled home, seems much more cavalier, possibly even meaner than his bullying older brother, Buzz. Saying Kevin is meaner than Buzz. Let's Let's see what else we got here. From uh, Dave Kerr, Chicago Tribune, the pleasures here are entirely cruel with an unhealthy concentration on the suffering of the victims, on the thudding impact of various objects against their heads, on their howls of agony. Howls of agony. It's the name of our guild. (laughs) Ah, yes. From Kenneth Duran, Los (laughs) Angeles Times. 
The result, with some exceptions, plays like an over-elaborate parody of the first film, reminding us why we enjoyed it without being able to duplicate its appeal. And from Jonathan Rosenbaum, Chicago reader, filmmakers stick like glue to the formula of the original. A little boy from a well-to-do family left on his own is threatened by low-life working-class crooks whom he repeatedly foils and tortures. Working class. And upscale property (laughs) values prevail. It's just a scathing indictment on the working class, this movie. That's what we're going (laughs) to (laughs) leave. I'll read a little bit of uh, Roger Ebert's review as well. He gave it a two. I have a feeling that Home Alone 2 Lost in New York is going to be an enormous box. He didn't even like the first one. An enormous box office success, but include me out. Include me out. I didn't Mm -hmm. much like the first film, and I don't much like this one with its its sadistic little hero who mercilessly, mercilessly (laughs) hammers a couple of slow learning crooks. Nor did I in a body bag, enjoy dude. the shameless attempt to leaven the mayhem by including a dude, preachy subplot about the pigeon lady of Central Park. Call me hard hearted. Call me cynical. But please don't call me if they make Home Alone 3. I oh, know. I know. Dude. The violence is all a joke. Some of the gags are lifted directly from older old color cartoons. And in spirit, what we're looking at here are Roadrunner Adventures with the crooks playing the role of Wiley Coyote. As the two hapless mopes fall down ladders and get slammed by bricks and 500 pound, 500 pound bags of cement and covered with glue and paint and bird seed, you can hear the cackling of the old Looney Tunes heroes in the background. And just like in the cartoons, the crooks are never really hurt. They bounce back, dust themselves off, bend their bones back into shape and are ready for the next adventure. When little Kevin taunts them, he sounds like Bugs Bunny. And when they chase him, they're in the tradition of, of Elmer Fudd. Um, and then I'll just do the end here. Uh, is this a children's movie? I confess. I do not know. Millions of kids will go to see it. There used to be movies where it was bad for little kids to hurt grownups. Now Kevin bounces bricks off their skulls from the rooftops and everybody laughs, including me. The question isn't whether the movie will scare the children in the audience. It's whether the adults will be able to peek between their fingers. Yeah. And a lot of what he has to say is just, this violence is funny for Looney Tunes and cartoons, but not in live action. I, agree. I was totally. very uncomfortable. Like it, it was hard for me to watch it. Like, yeah, it was, totally. it was hard. Rightfully so people are getting maimed. Yeah. Like you're not a weirdo for like, Oh no, I don't want somebody to. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. I, I do. It's think so, over, it's so over the top. That's what gets me. I don't know. It's just <laughs> so over the top. I love it. And like, after hearing these reviews, I'm realizing like the first one did have like this innocent kind of nature to it. It doesn't 100%. feel that way in this one anymore. More like, defensive. I know what you mean. Yeah. He's like defending yeah. himself rather than yeah. really fucking him, fucking with him. Is that to the point of it being in New York? Oh, well, yeah, he's, he's, rough around the edges. He's, yeah. turned, he's a full New York guy. Gar, what do you think? <laughs> Is this the most New York movie we've ever seen? We're not the people to judge, I think. <laughs> Just some California <laughs> dudes and dudettes. Um, I'll do some uh, yes, if it dudes. Yes, uh, we talk it. like we Wait, I got my, pool, I got my, I, I got my, my son, my glasses to do. I got. I'm like okay. a beetle. Oh, 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 I'm like a, a beetle. Be- oh, he's a beetle. He looks like he's he's John Lennon. I'm like a, I'm John Lennon. 
Joan Lee right Can now. You Why imagine? are those so tiny? <laughs> you look like you have like beady eyes. I look like a beetle. <laughs> He's a beetle. I'm a beetle. Ooh. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe you've done this. You've turned into a bait doll. This is the most visual episode. I know there's done. so much going on that is not apparent. This is why you viewers. have to watch us on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 62 percent by the audience. Let's hear some uh, words from the people of the five star varietal from Dan D. Five stars. Such an iconic Christmas movie. A Christmas movie you honestly can't go without watching one of, one of the Home Alone movies. I remember watching this for the first time during my childhood back in elementary school and finally decided to finally rewatch it on Christmas for the second time. And the amount of nostalgia it gave me was amazing. Like, even though Oof. I only watched this for the first time during my childhood, I still remembered most of the movie and what happened. And it's honestly very difficult to find any humorous Christmas movie classics or Christmas movies created in general like this one that don't ever do it. It's movie with humor, but yet emotion, giving you a true meaning for Christmas in a sense, which is love and to enjoy it to the fullest with those you love. Thankful oh. and not take things for granted. A movie that is true, truly unforgettable. And personally, in my opinion, the best movie out of all the Home Alone movies, one with humor, one, emotion, and yet meaning. Of course, the first one is also amazing, and the one that started it all, both are perfect. But I would still rank this first, because they honestly nailed it once again, with even today is something very difficult to do when a sequel comes out, or when they have to create a new story. Such a great movie. And what what a cast they had, especially in the number of icons, as well as legends they had. <laughs> Truly unforgettable, and always worth a watch. Of course, there are always jokes of it, like that Kevin could have always phoned the police at any, t- any time, and all his troubles would have been gone. But that's what makes this movie unique and funny. We got to experience his journey throughout all the hilarious, meaningful movies. Glad to have watched this once again, especially with my twin brother, which has always been a tradition of ours to pick out a movie to watch on Christmas. That's sweet. I'm going to start funky crying right now. <laughs> Listen, that's the sweetest thing. That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. This movie is one of the best now. Okay, get ready for Dexter Ford. Uh, five stars. Home Alone's Kevin, McStall- Kevin McAllister is a psychopath rivaled only by Patrick Bateman and Jigsaw. Kevin woke up feeling dangerous and tortured two petty criminal- criminals. Yes, but two nonviolent criminals. Remember, they had waited until the family had left to burgle the place in Home Alone 1. In Home Alone 2, Kevin McAllister went even further and lured lured Harry and Marv to the booby-trapped building to carry out these acts of horrific violence. A list of some of the horrific crimes Kevin McAllister committed in the second film alone. Here we go. Harry, with his head on fire, doing a handstand into a toilet bowl replaced with kerosene. Full body, third degree burns. Launching a brick off a four-story building directly onto Mars' forehead. One is enough for irreversible brain damage. Kevin does this three more times. Douses Marvin in paint. The tap Marv uses to try and wash the paint off has been rigged to electrocute him, frying him into a skeleton. Literally used for executions. Rigging a staple gun through the keyhole, firing directly into Marv's face, ass, and balls. Relatively little physical damage. This one's just for enjoyment. (laughs) 
dropping an iron from four stories directly onto Marv's skull. It's stunning Marv is still breathing. Both Harry and Marv still... Oh, both Harry and Marv fall three stories after Kevin sets their rope, dousing kerosene, on fire. He watches them squirm. Kevin McAllister carries out these brutal acts all while taunting them and enjoying every second. Home Alone 1 takes place in Chicago, Illinois. Illinois only repealed the death penalty in 2011. Kevin McAllister, I don't know why I can't say his last name right now, should have faced the firing squad after the first film, eight years old or not. One of my favorite films. Oh my God. He is seriously the next um, Patrick Bateman, for sure. Yeah. He's a little baby Bateman. Mm-hmm. Um, do I do one more? It's, I mean, it's an, there's some excellent, excellent re- reviews here. Also, um, credit card, credit card fraud. Like, he, he still yeah, like, that. let's, credit, <laughs> like, that's a big thing. Let's talk about that right now. <laughs> We do not stand for a credit card fraud on this podcast <laughs> in a, the slightest. So <laughs> he's a that, that is represented so cavalierly in this movie is a real knock against it. <laughs> I think I might have found that dude's twin brother. What does he have to say? Does he like it? Because it's like it's stamped with the 122622 at the end, which was also the other guys. Hmm. And it's E.D., which the other guy was Dan D. Oh, no, I lost it. Oh, here we go. Five stars. What a film. Decided to rewatch it on Christmas, and it legit gave me so many throwbacks. Hard to find comedic films like these that don't overdo it. An iconic film for the season, and an unforgettable one. This one and the first one were legit perfections from the franchise. Great story, comedy, emotion, and what a cast in their prime. It was pretty similar. Truly worth watching, and always remember, Kevin could have phoned the police at any time. And all his troubles would have been gone, but it was never about that. So these twins really had a discussion about the police. Or is it just the same guy writing it twice? That's also possible. And then he's like, as a twin in his mind. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of good reviews. There's a lot of love coming out for this movie online. And I'm sure that's has to be with a lot of uh, Christmas movies. There's a lot of silly Christmas. We talked about Princess Switch. Yeah. I'm sure I could pull up some mm-hmm. reviews of that. That would be a blast to read right now. Oh, can um, you do one? But if you were to do Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> on any of those movies, I'm sure it would be not, you know, the most swaying thing to get you to yeah. watch it. So then um, let's let's talk about it from a critical sense then, yeah? This movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why we're here. But I, but I mean, to clarify, yeah, I'm also one of those people that has a, uh, has affection for it that is it's tough here's one uh the princess switch review from hannah t five stars this movie was life-changing encapsulates love and hardship and finding oneself around the holiday season i can say for certain Uh that i felt joy sadness (laughs) and overall like a new woman i wish to marry a prince but for it to be an organic love story such as this one Do, do not skip this movie must watch can't wait for two and three may or may not have number two starting right now have to go popcorn is popped and that was from marie kondo isn't that crazy <laughs> <laughs> why why was what marie kondo because she's smart joy <laughs> oh okay <laughs> so but she wants she said she thought that vanessa hudgens character stacy found 
love with a prince organically. Organic. Orga- this is an organic love story. I don't know about that. <laughs> they did have to manufacture a switch. They did have to do a lot of setup and planning and decoy. <laughs> I don't know, Kara. I think uh, you're just overthink. I think both of you guys are overthinking both Princess Switch and this movie. Oh my god, yeah. that That's is okay. escaping indictment, but is not based. It, it has some facts to it. Yeah, it's okay. Um, it's okay. Let's, oh, I'm not thinking enough. I'm blinded by nostalgia, as we've as we've talked about, and it just hits all the beats that I already know about, and then like being told that to to rethink it is uh is an exercise in itself and i enjoy it but also it's like an exercise the same way i don't know like the movie is like you go through every every year or so you're like oh i already know everything but then to reframe it is uh an own like an experience in itself as well i feel like space Jam was is. one for me too where i was like oh space is oh so cool because everyone told me it was cool but like you just believe the advertisements and everything just like oh go see space jam it's got michael jordan and looney tunes it's everything you're ever gonna want and i believed it and i still kind of do but i understand people that would watch it now for the first time and be like this is not good but they did and they made a second one which is also not good but it's okay because i still enjoy putting on Everybody get up. They get out and time to slam now. <clears throat> and it's even tough to enjoy the R. Kelly song, but <laughs> god damn it, I try. <laughs> what uh, besides that, I, I would like to give it to Kara to either accept the fir- the opportunity to go first or pass it along. Um, I'll go first. So final thoughts and uh, score from zero to one hundred. As you know, you are a veteran. Yeah, you're a veteran. So I've just been going back and forth about, you know, letting go and not being critical or overthinking. But no, please. That's what we're here. That's why we're here. But I also can't help that it. You know, like Brandon was saying, it it did make me feel disturbed for some Mm -hmm. reason, like it just wasn't as enjoyable this time around. Mm -hmm. Um. And I, I really was trying to be into it and try to see it in a nostalgic way or watch it in a nostalgic way. But it, that's like earlier when we, at the beginning of the podcast, I was saying that like, I thought I had seen this a lot more than I actually did. Um, so I must have watched the first one more. Uh Sorry, I lost my on, but um, it didn't feel as nostalgic to me watching it this time around. And so maybe that's why I was able to watch it in a new way and realize it was like more disturbing than actually nostalgic and joyful. Um, 100%. Yeah, I don't know. The first one just has so much, like I was saying earlier, like it just felt a little more innocent and playful and Maybe it was because he was at home, so like he couldn't get too crazy. Like, I I don't know, but yeah, there was just the the parts. Were, it did feel violent to me, and I'm I'm sensitive towards all the violence and stuff. So it was like hard for me to watch the, the last part where he was just kind of 
torturing them. I even said that while we were watching. I was like, he's torturing them. Like, I know they're the bad guys and I get it. Like, you know, but it just felt hard to watch. So I don't know. I think I've been going back and forth on like what kind of rating I wanted to give it. And um, I think I've kind of settled on 70% because I still want to give it the benefit of the doubt that it is a kid's movie. It's, you know, it's, it's not like I shouldn't overthink it that much, but no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm being too. Totally. No. Yeah. You're on the spot. You, you, I mean, you guys I, are actually thinking it out. I'm just like not thinking and just accepting like, Oh, this is something that I've always known. So I, I don't want to, I don't mean to, but that's okay. Yeah. Like, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Like you don't need to watch movies. We lo- with we, a critical at t- yeah. At times I'm all the jealous. Time. Yeah. Right? Like if anything, I yeah. wish I was more into it. And I wasn't mm. overthinking about all these things, but right. Because at the, the end of the day, it's, thing, a, it's a fun movie, right? Yeah, it's and it's just a kids movie, so like, why am I overthinking? And but the first thing because there's just, violence, yeah, the violence um, is intense. <laughs> yeah, the violence was a lot, and just like I said at the beginning, like I could tell that they, there was just like product placement and them trying to sell mm-hmm. you on this kind of lifestyle, and like I know they were trying to show that to compare it with like the people that don't have that stuff but and then at the end to like i don't know i feel like i'm getting too into this no, no this please is the time. But i don't want to that's no, it like it. Do it. i just it was so Do silly this is that, a safe space for <laughs> all movie takes yeah it was silly that like at the end of the trip the kids all still got all these presents from duncan's like i get they it stayed you know? in miami it, it's it's a kids movie, so like kids want presents, but oh, I think it could have been off. deeper if it's like, wow, like at least the family's together. Like after all this, maybe we're the gift is us just all being together, not mm. the fact that there were like all these presents under the tree. But yeah, it's a kids movie, so why am I point. complaining about that? But you're not complaining. They, That's not the way to say that. They're just you're critiquing just, a movie for what it is. They're just yeah. glorifying like buy, 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 gifts, mm-hmm. gifts, gifts, like purchase, sure. purchase, person, consume, consume, consume. And that is the 90s. Donald fucking that, Trump is in this movie. Exactly. And so I think <laughs> that was just like my lens. The whole movie was like, I don't know, just the, and it, that was ingrained in us too, like being 90s kids. Like we were told that that was what we wanted too, as kids was like just toys and like all this stuff. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. James, do you want to go? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, as you've probably gathered from this podcast and me telling my history with this movie, have like a hard time separating it from like my inner being as a child and enjoying it a lot uh, growing up. And like, as far as Macaulay Culkin performances, I do think of this one a lot. And all of those hijinks were fun and like a Rube Goldberg sort of way for me of, of seeing him like figure things out, even something that's just like as heinous as like setting up the fucking little seesaw uh, catapult thing where they jump out of the window in the perfect spot for Marv to land in one spot and Harry to launch him into the car um, in a Joker in the Dark Knight or uh, or uh, fucking Chigurh and in, in Skyfall sort of situation. Um, 
that's essentially who main main people yeah is what the characters are the archetypes are very (laughs) similar yes is there's kevin there's sugar there's the joker and the dark knight are all in the same same bubble um it's interesting to come on the other side of it as an adult (laughs) see all of that violence and just like not laugh with it but kind of laugh at it at how intense it is and how fucking brutal it is. Cause yeah. And as Carter and I were watching it, I was just like looking at like laughing really hard and her being horrified. <laughs> and be like, I think he might be crazy too, but just like, can you, bo- <laughs> but I mean, at we least, are. yeah, we're all crazy. We're all crazy. Kevin. <laughs> but I do, at least I, I, I do want to recognize that I understand how fucking crazy it is. And I choose to laugh at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that i'm like i get I'm like oh i'm in on it. i don't like, recognize that it's yeah. not dark and crazy yeah you're just like isn't it crazy that this is a kid's movie right <laughs> it's crazy this is happening right now right no! he's getting electrocuted to death look nope. at he's a skeleton just like the consecutive bricks and and harry's uh physical reaction and his his like screams like are so high pitched <laughs> and funny to me and like just falling through the hole in the floor looking up like oh what a hole you know uh, just, what a hole yeah it's like uh he, you know dick van dick van dyke to a, a whole nother d- degree but um <laughs> getting electrocuted to a to a skull you know uh but a lot of that stuff is expected it's not as much of a shock to me and i'm sure that goes a long way uh, this movie, as I've compared it to the first one, I would say like it's fun to see him get out of the house <laughs> and go and do stuff in New York City. I feel like they use a, a, a fair amount of New York City in an interesting way. There's a montage. They get him actually on locations and there's even movies made now that it's just like you, you say it's in New York. It's not there's not enough of New York to to really show that off. And I feel like they do that oh, wow. in, a, in a pretty satisfying way of him like being in the in the city and not just in in one location mm. they have the the part where they almost are obliged to get into the home alone of it all and and everything uh but apart from that it's got a little bit more going for it than the first one in terms of location and, and all that stuff but i understand that the first one is a better movie like that's that's something that i've i've come around on and as with that and like lost world jurassic park like i as a kid i'm just like oh it's just like more there's there's two dinosaurs in lost world like obviously it's fucking better there's two of them there's more means better and it goes to san diego um but understanding a little bit of the the nuance i i understand that the first one is a is an excellent film that is more subtle and this one just plays up a lot of the things that were successful about the first one and I would argue in in a in a successful way and an overall good movie and a, and a fun holiday movie. Uh, and I would still put it like on par in terms of like, oh, should we watch the first or second one? I would if you've never seen them, I would say first one. But if, if you've seen both, like I, I could kind of interchange them. And I would I would. Yeah, I would go 82. Wow. This is a. This is one that I will rewatch in the future, and I feel like that goes a long way. And I have and I have a history with it, which I know that is something that is tricky when it comes to art and criticizing art. And that's why this podcast exists is for us to criticize stuff. But we do come across these ones that just have a special place and 
this one does for me. And uh, yeah, almost reminds me of like when we watch like Spy Kids or something too. It was a hard, hard mm. time for me to like pull myself out of how much uh, Spy Kids was like a fun, fun, inspiring time as to watch as a kid. Independence as a child. And in in I don't know, there's something about that in this movie too. It's like, oh, watching, love, him, yeah, watching totally. him be independent. And, I himself. Uh, yeah, something that's, that's, a, that's kind of blank check and Richie Rich maybe too, but yeah. I mean, his performance too, like, is incredible. incredible. Like, mm-hmm, I, yeah. I, he's he's good at what Such he's... Such a capable, yeah. Yeah. Capable young kid. Absolutely. Yeah, don't doubt it for a second. That he's he going can. places, that Macaulay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Macaulay. I wonder what he'll do next. Ah. Home Alone 2. This is a movie that I would show a kid who is like 11 years old. Cause I think the like brutality of it is going to be exciting for an older kid. But when I think about what I want to see in a Christmas movie, this isn't it. It's, mm-hmm. um, it is too much about capitalism and I don't want that to be the narrative of Christmas. I wanted, I love the parts of this movie that are about Christmas is with being with your family. But again, I can recognize that a kid who's like 11 to 13 is going to fucking love the fact that this guy is paying for stuff, being on his own, doing all of this fun stuff. And there's a place for that in film and in holiday movies. And so I recognize so much of, this movie needing to exist. And I do have a reverence for this movie just as an adult. It's a little tough because there are better Christmas movies, but that's just comes with time. And I think just like with a lot of populist stuff is it's made for something like it's made to be enjoyed by a lot of people in times like Christmas. And I, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to knock this movie as an adult, but I want to give it credit as if I were the target demographic, as James had brought up, <laughs> you know, like I have the if, mind of an 11 year old boy. It's perfect. If I were to put myself in the target demo, this movie rips. This is so fun. You know, he's getting one over on a bunch of adults. He has money. He goes on an adventure. It's yeah. Um. I guess, again, what I'm trying to reconcile is like if I so I just a lot of the times recently in the holidays, I just picture like if I were to show this to my kid or to somebody who is the target demo that should get exposed to Christmas movies and like develop this nostalgia and develop these traditions like is this the movie I'm going to whip out to be like, you got to check this out. You know, this is what Christmas means to me. Or like, this is what, you know, this is a good Christmas movie. And I'm having a hard time thinking this is the one to do it. And so I think where I'm going to stand is I like this movie a lot. There's a lot of things that I have an issue with as an adult about it. And then there are things that I can recognize for what its target demo would enjoy and it doing that. Well, I'm going to give this a 78% from Brandon. Oh, nice. Brandini. 
That's pretty Brandini good. out there. I'm going to go 78. Wow. That's good. Hell yeah. Um, That's nice. Yeah. I think we're all like, yeah, pretty, pretty close together. I, I, uh, am I, I'm just happy that we got to fit in a holiday movie this, this holiday season. And we got to, uh, I don't know. I feel like I've, I've done a few this season where I, it's not usually a thing to do the, like uh try new movies like car was saying at the beginning is try a new christmas movie and i feel like this year i have and whether it be uh princess cool. switch or like maybe throw on some other like uh i don't know i did violent night the other day and you did um <laughs> if you it's find, cool right if you find, what, what is your percentage on that real quick oh um that was good i'd say like a 74 or something cool that's good hell yeah yeah maybe, maybe even higher i don't know but it was uh it exceeded my expectations and there's a moment in that movie that does a real parody of home alone and mm-hmm. concerning all the stuff that we've talked about tonight about home alone 2 being extremely violent but almost like tone deaf to that violence i feel like is, mm-hmm. is part of your guys's like kind of issue with yeah. the two what violent night does is it like ramps up the violence allows there's like it, yeah there's a kid that's like setting up little booby traps for these two uh these two bad people and they fall into them but they like get really messed up like it's really a violent night and the fun. whole time there's like fun music playing and everything too but like the the joke of it is that it's like can you believe how like it's a good movie yeah not to spoil too much but it was fun to see that even in a movie that came out this year or last that like that home alone joke of like, wow, they, this kid is inflicting serious pain on these people is not lost on, on it being like a parody and it being a funny moment, even as crazy violent as it was. And it worked for me because I like this movie too. What's your rating on uh, violent night? I would give it a solid 73 as well. Oh yeah. With it. Yeah. We're close on that one too. I yeah. Think, I mean, uh, performance wise yeah. too. Great. And it gives all the like go ahead to be mm-hmm. as violent. As, it's called Violent Night, you know. Like it kind of gives you the blank check to be like, here is the Home Alone sequence, but it's going to be very realistic and violent. And you're on board with it because it sets up well the situation and the characters. And I think the movie is actually very good. Like it's definitely like in the, yeah, like I said, 72, I would honestly, I'm going to, I want to move that up to 75. Like, I think it's a, Hell yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like that's where I sit with it is that it is a good movie. If you're looking for a movie that is similar to like anybody being like, Oh, die hard is a Christmas movie. And that person violent night is a great, like this movie is like, it's like die hard, that. die hard, except Santa Claus is John. McLean or whatever his name is which is cool because and they set it up well where he's like kind of a norse god oh yeah <laughs> dude and that's and, and we did we did fat man like i'm glad we're at least touching on this and we'll wrap wrap up here soon but we talked about fat man on this podcast and i did um, not like that movie sure <laughs> and this was a movie where like santa was a real dude <laughs> he's like the best he, he was like yeah, he was like totally. a dude <laughs> he's just a dude <laughs> Very similar too, because like and Santa in the beginning of the movie is like, like drinking a lot and uh whatnot. So it's it, yeah, it's a better version of Fat Man for sure. Yeah, that's that's what I would say. Not to 
uh, pick like take one down just to bring one up but it just rem- reminded me of that one and a, and a better take on that uh thank you both thank you all for taking part in this shared experience that we're having right now on this holiday season which is a podcast and i hope you've enjoyed yourself i hope you are liking the polarized pod cara i want to thank you in particular for taking time out of your day to talk about a macaulay culkin feature uh is there anything else you would like to share before we say our our uh, good tidings good night i think um that's pretty much it well thank you again you uh look excellent under the christmas tree right now i know that's another visual element of this episode a real gift a real yeah Mm -hmm. and the true uh, gift is yourself oh so deep (laughs) and great well uh brandini is is there anything else you'd like to share before i wrap us up here merry christmas happy holidays to you and yours from us at the polarized pod well said and for next time, we will be doing a New Year's Eve themed movie, which will be the original 1960 Ocean's Eleven starting, starring the Rat Pack themselves, Frankie, Dino, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, Angie All Dickinson, the way from the Peter bar. <laughs> oh, from the bar, Brandini. <laughs> Brandini and the Brandini Rat Pack. Martin. Uh, it has Brandini a four, Martin. There we go. Forty-eight percent from critics and eighty-one percent from audience. It will be our oldest movie that we've ever done. Uh, it, you know, Tim, Rotten Tomatoes wasn't really super popular in nineteen sixty, um, but for whatever reason, they've uh, tabulated it all out there, and we have the Nusenumbies, and we will be talking about a movie from the nineteen sixty. From the 1960, that is Jamesy from the ni- the 1920-2023. Uh, that's that's the year of our Lord. And soon it will be 2024 will be the next time you hear from us. If you'd like to talk to us at any time before or after, twitch.tv slash polarized pod is where we're streaming live at ATM and x.com slash polarized pine. You can reach out to us there gmail.com slash polarize the pod you can write out a whole dissertation and we will read it you can send us anything you want and to all of us from here at polarized pod we wish you all a good night oh 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 farewell bye